And here we are. Look at this. We're live again. This has become habit forming, man. I, you know, it's 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 three weeks or three episodes in a row on time. It's crazy. It's crazy. Yeah. We're, this... Well, we're a couple minutes late, but you know, you know, it <laughs> better late than never. Full disclosure: we were at risk of being completely late. Um, you know, my day was my day was crazy. We were talking about that and. Was touch and go there for a bit, but here we are. We uh, we have food, we have whiskey. Happen. Cheers to you, sir. Cheers to you, friend. We have uh, water. We have. I have some tea. You some tea? Sweet tea. I have a tea to you. A sweet tea. sweet tea. Yeah, a little sweet tea. That's a southern boy. Yeah, man. I told you I'm bored again. So I'm a bored so again, Texan. So sweet tea is not on the not on, not on our list of things to talk about. But we're gonna talk about it. So sweet tea. Um, yeah, man. Are you like Mima's sweet tea kind of sweet tea? Or what are we talking about? What, half and half? Okay, what are we talking you're, about? you're the actual southerner, so I need to know what Mima's. Are we talking like a pound of sugar? Or what are we talking? It ain't, it ain't far from it, right? It's it's, it's tea flavor Kool Aid. <laughs> That's Mima's sweet tea. Like, are you that that, That's, that hard in the paint on on uh, sweet tea? Or that's that's probably a bit more diabetes than I'm, okay. I'm probably okay. trying to aim for. Um, I'm more of a sweet kind of like honey level of okay of yeah all right so we're on the same page then. we on the same page yeah, right yeah, I, yeah. i'm a yeah you know if, if i'm ever at the restaurants and uh, you know here we've got the the big vats of tea and one is like sweet and the other one's like mean you know like it's not yeah, sweet yeah, yeah. and so it's, it's like syrup yeah you like put you put like a, a little bit of sweet tea and then you put i put unsweet so yeah um, that that would be what i would probably do okay. also all right yeah there's sure. a there is a company here that makes tea what they do is make sweet tea and if they'll sponsor us i'll mention nice. this but uh they haven't sponsored us so no name recognition for you friends um <laughs> but hey carmen if you find this reach out we can hook that up uh so so they make this tea right and they're famous for it and they use i think brown sugar and a lot of it oh and see that's a li- that's a good flavor though too ooh, it's good it's good but it is a lot you know and i'm like that's a little bit yeah, that's yeah. a little bit much and then i, I was at a restaurant yeah. not too long ago and they had like those they had these bottles, you know, like this this tall, whatever. They're like yep. normal sweet tea. They have unsweet. They have uh, sugar-free but sweet. And then they have double sweet, which I didn't. <laughs> oh, no. I didn't think it was possible. And I was tempted to grab it <laughs> just to see. And I thought oh, better no. of it. I was like, I don't, I don't know if I could handle that. You know, in my old and infirm I like age. how you described it at the the initial. You said like Kool Aid sweet yeah. tea. Yeah, tea flavor. That's Kool-Aid. essentially what I. The first time I had sweet tea ever um, was in Southeast Texas, and the way I describe it is, this is something that I would put in a bird feeder for hummingbirds. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, yeah. It is. It is. It is. It I'm looking for energy to survive the day. Exactly. <laughs> and it's all I'm going to get is tea levels yeah, of stuff. Yeah. yeah. Well, I didn't that know that. All right. So you got, some, me, you got some whiskey and sweet tea. Um, yeah, man. I feel like you got the makings of some sort of drink there, but uh, not the Gold Rush, which is which is this week's so, episode name. So I always joke about Texas tea, which if you're from Texas, Texas tea is oil. Oil, excuse me. But <laughs> but to me, Texas tea is like some sweet tea with some whiskey in it or whiskey with some iced tea. Mm. You know what I mean? Yeah. So that to me is. But anyway, that's your Texas tea. I've had your Texas toast. I've had the toast from Texas. 
That's some good garlic. Garlic. Yeah. Cheesy Texas yeah. toast. Is Have that with some lasagna or some spaghetti. You, you got Hell me. Hell yeah, man. You got me at that point. Hands down. All the carbs. So how you doing, buddy? Doing good? I'm doing great, man. I'm I'm fantastic. This week has been a good week. I've I've I think the I mean the work on my house is finally done, so I'm kind of settling into that that's right, and getting that's right, used yeah. to having a house that actually is comfortable in this 105 degree weather and and um, you know I went and got a haircut today. Look at Beard you. Trim a little bit. Yeah, it looks good. All the, all the adulting. It's got a Look great go, got a great man. shape to it. Yeah. For man. those of us, my, or my, those those who are just listening, if you ever want to, you can see right. But it you sounds gotta, it sounds like it has good shape. Yeah, it does. You can actually hear the reverberations. But if you're just listening on a podcast, if you're someone who always checks in on the audio and, and listens, you can catch us on YouTube live. Uh, we do this every other Tuesday night at 7 o'clock Central, 8 Eastern. That will be 5 Pacific. Uh, today is August the 8th, right? And I should probably start these podcasts off with a date acknowledgement. But today is August the oh, 8th, yeah, 2023. This is episode 7, Gold Rush. Um, so what is the recipe for a gold rush, Sir Happa? Oh man. So, so what is this drink? I one of the things that I've loved about doing the titles, so Seven and I talked about this originally was what if we named every episode after a whisk like a whiskey cocktail. Now, in hindsight, this may become problematic over time. Oh, we're going <laughs> Yes. Yes. The, you realize pretty quickly there's there's like we get in the holiday season and we got a lot more options. Sure. You know, so from like but that Thanksgiving, only lasts so long. Right, from Thanksgiving to December, one time through, we're good. So, so next year we may be looking at like, oh uh, lord, and not whiskey, maybe gin or something else. Oh yeah, we might have to we might we might have to switch up spirits or something. But yeah. uh but yeah, so I I came across Gold Rush and it just sounded delicious. And when I sent the recipe to you, you were the same thing you said was like, man, that sounds actually really oh, good. That sounds good. And yeah. it's. Two, two ounces bourbon, three-quarter ounce lemon juice, freshly squeezed, which I'm always a proponent of freshly squeezed over the bottled stuff any mm. day, right? Uh, three-quarter ounce honey syrup. So honey syrup is actually, I mean, you can make it yourself, but it's not easy to find um, in a liquor store either. Yeah. Uh, they'll do syrups and whatever. But if you find a good liquor store, they'll have it. But uh, honey syrup's a little bit harder to find. And then you garnish with a lemon twist. So a little citrusy. You know, you can't go wrong, honey, bourbon, and, and lemon. Like, you know, you really wrong. can't. And, and to be honest, uh, I kind of want to try this because it, if you want to make the honey syrup yourself, which I would encourage people to do, yeah. um, you could add a lot of different flavors through that. And so this is this is one I actually want to try. I'm, gonna, I'm not having that tonight. Tonight I'm having some Four Roses small batch, but uh, I'm having it you know, straight. Delicious. But but uh, I would like to try the the gold rush. So thank you for that recipe. I think we should. If start you do make your own honey syrup, add a little rosemary to a batch. Yeah, it's actually really good with a little rosemary. In it. Really good. I mean, you gotta trust the guy with a beard as nicely shaped as that. I'm just saying, man. I'm just saying. Beard looks good. Good old, dude. good old Lakin over at Rosewood here in Austin. If you're a dude that lives in Austin and you're not getting. You're not getting a haircut from Lakin and the folks at Rosewood. You're doing it wrong. I don't even care that I'm not being paid because I think they're like one of the best barbers I've ever been to ever. So. Yeah, I need to. I need to go get my beard shaped up. Fairly new to the beard game. Not gonna lie. Yeah. Uh, when we met, that's I why a, I have her do it because I'll be like, you know, all oh, off yeah. kilter if I do it myself. Yeah. I'll look so. like a Picasso painting if I'm not careful. <laughs> <laughs> 
with droopy eye and everything. That's weird. Oh, yeah. My nose is over on the side. You know, my ears on my forehead. <laughs> so so tonight, Happy, I think we've got a pretty good um, pretty good episode. This is episode seven, right? Um, and so there's eight. This will be the eighth total, including the pilots. Yeah, man. And we've got some interesting stuff to talk about. So running through the, the list really quick, um, there is a, a UFO, which is now UAP hearing. So we'll talk a little bit about that. Uh, there's a Chinese zoo who's having to prove that their bears are real bears, which I think is yeah. is pretty funny. We're going to do our revisit, you know, and this is not on purpose. We don't say we're going to talk about Twitter or X or whatever Elon's calling it today. We don't say we're going to actually we act <laughs> full disclosure behind the curtain. We say we don't want to talk about it anymore. But at the end of the day, and yet somehow <laughs> every two weeks, there's some compelling news cycle. And in the past two weeks, there's been two right with with Twitter and X. If you don't yeah. count. You know, the logo in the building being yanked off, flashing everybody, causing seizures, yeah. all the stuff. If you, don't, if you don't count that, <laughs> there were two. So we'll be talking a little bit about that. Aliens coming to the country, coming to the oh, world yeah. because yeah. of oh, this. All, this all ties together. Thematically, this is a pretty good one. <laughs> Voyager 2. You know, the satellite Voyager 2 uh, is apparently still communicating with us. So we're trying to get that thing to turn back around. It's only 12 billion miles away. Um, you know, it's basically Jesus. amateur numbers. Voyager 1's 15 billion. So right. 12 billion miles away, and we're like, yeah, we'll just send another signal. So this is 1970s it's technology. Crazy. It's crazy that it's still going. It's crazy yeah. that it's talking to us. But Voyager 2 is still alive. We'll talk about that. And and one that you added I think is going to be very uh, very fascinating, probably a little bit deeper conversation uh, of the ones that we're going to have tonight, is is the United States headed towards a renter's market. Um, yeah. And I, I we'll get more into that. I don't want to – I've got my notes here, but I don't want to – throw any details out there, but it's it's really interesting. And when you say renter's market, you're talking about particularly living facilities, you know, houses, homes, yes. apartments, stuff like that, condos. Um, is the U.S. headed towards primarily a renter's, renter-first market? So, um, so yeah, so that's that's kind of the, the set of stuff we plan to talk about. As per usual, there will be things we don't plan to talk about. Uh, and we may not make it through the list of things we plan to talk about. So that's where we're headed. Um, if, you, if you're looking for us on video like i was saying earlier we're on youtube when we record this we do it live at seven o'clock central uh over on youtube real talk r-e-e-l i just always search for real talk with hapa i leave me out of it it's way easier to find that way it's just real talk with hapa <laughs> um and also anywhere you get podcasts right if you're watching on video and you're like i really want to listen to this in the, in the car while i'm driving to, to work or school or whatever it is you can get these anywhere you get podcasts um so all the platforms including spotify and did we get uh, did we get video on Spotify? Or are we still just audio only on Spotify? I know you were talking about the it. The only way we're gonna get uh, the video onto Spotify is if I shift the hosting from our current RSS feed and shift it completely over to Spotify, which gotcha. which isn't out of reality. That's easy to do. Uh, that's just a conversation I think you and I need to have to try to figure out what we want to do. It might be a better platform, to be honest with you. I don't know, um, but yeah, it, we'll see. Yeah. We'll talk about that. So, I mean, you could probably send an email and say your last name is Happa Rogan. They'll probably, they'll probably hook you up. Right? Yeah. Yeah. You know, me and Joe, we're, we go way back. Yeah. Like, it's the Rogan and Stern podcast. I'm telling you. <laughs> <laughs> so, so let's talk about this UFO hearing. And, and I'm going to cheat tonight. Uh, I was crunched for time, so I didn't get to read as oh, much no as I wanted to. But Did you watch any of it? I, of I did not. Did you get to watch some? Because you could probably tell me a lot more about it. What I know is there was a hearing uh, where yeah. retired Major David Grush um, gave testimony to the House Oversight Subcommittee uh, in, in Congress talking about what is now called UAPs, right? So you'll, you'll hear yep. UFOs. That's what people call them traditionally. In this context, they say UAP, which is Unidentified Aerial Phenomena. Again, that's unidentified aerial phenomena. And so the, 
The turn on that is that the government, Pentagon, whoever has been more recently saying, yeah, something was weird in the sky, but we're not even saying it was a thing that was flying in the sky. It could have been lights. It could have been a lot right. of things. So they're referring to it as an aerial phenomenon. Uh, a lot of people still refer to it, of course, as unidentified flying objects and, you know, little green men yep. and stuff. So did you watch some of this? Do you do you have a... I watched quite a bit of it. I've been okay. kind of following a lot of it um, on and off various platforms and stuff like that. And one of the things that really interests me, and we'll talk about it a little bit down the line, but the responses to the hearing from people in, like, the National Security Agency and uh, other intel agencies, their responses specifically. So mm-hmm. um, real quick cliff notes on the whole trial yep. is this major said he worked Wait, for— Wait, is a trial or a hearing? It's a hearing. Okay, Excuse okay. no wrongdoing. It's just, it's just a hearing. Okay. Right, right. Gotcha. No, no, no. Gotcha. Yeah. So it's a bunch of people trying um, to say, hey, government, look more into it. Give us more information. Right. Just a, okay. Now— okay. To backtrack a little bit, in order to get these hearings to occur, there has to be a buildup of a propensity of evidence. Okay. And whoever's going to be, whoever the determining department is that mm-hmm. says, yeah, we need to have a hearing, will look at that evidence and say, hmm, there actually is substantial evidence and or information here that seems able to be substantiated and we should hold a hearing. So there's actually a pretty good process. So, they so look you're through saying everything that the, the legislative branch at some point has said, yes. oh, look, I've got enough evidence that we want to put someone in a room and we want to talk to them and we want to learn more. And in this case, the House Correct. Oversight Committee is saying, hey, we're going to learn from these people who are, I mean, look, this is not just some guy. This is retired Major yes. David Cruz. Like that, his job, this person's job yes. included this stuff. So it's not like they just called a bunch of people in there who have, you know, traditionally we've had UFO right. folks, like people's I've been abducted and stuff and they've gotten kind of yep. side-eyed, you know, and it's not those folks. This is, this is someone who was yep. paid to by the, by the government was paid to and tasked with finding He was doing something in the realm of all this stuff at the time. Yep. Um, and, and to be clear, his position and what he did wasn't exactly, uh, fully flushed out. He didn't, he, there was a lot of things that he said, I can't say on this mic because of, national security but i can tell you in a skiff which is a skiff is a secure room no in and out transmissions it's you know super secret squirrel stuff they they <laughs> where they could talk about it you know um in in that instance but i say that because and we'll get to some of the stuff that he talked about but the responses to this is there are people that work for the nsa for instance that responded to this hearing very weirdly uh, there is a higher up. I think he was in the NSA. I'd, I'd have to double check which acronym he worked for, but uh, he didn't publicly release a an official statement, say on the N- uh, NSA's website or on social media or a letterhead. He posted his statement on LinkedIn, on his personal LinkedIn. Okay. Which I thought That's everyone's odd. like, this is very weird. Like, yeah, it's an odd place the only thing to put I, it. Right, which, whatever. But he basically states that that major had never worked in the department or realm to be around any of this stuff, so he oh, could so not the, know any there, of it. There's a claim that this this uh, that Major right. David Grush is not, not not even legit. Correct. The history that he said is, hey, I, I worked in this spot. This this person now on LinkedIn is saying, no, you didn't. But again, he posted on LinkedIn, so there's nothing officiated. There's nothing, like... Hold it. In my opinion, this holds no water. It's just a weird 
weird thing to like i need to say something kind of statement to me the way it seems you know it's I, just i don't know it just david Bruce places, never worked there and i am not a lizard person human right <laughs> <laughs> like i don't know it, it's just really weird but um so what do you what do you so so you watched a bunch of this how was the was what was the yeah. tone what was the mood right this this guy's up here talking and i, I assume republicans and democrats both you know yeah. part of the house and they're like hey look Question, 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 statement, statement, yeah. statement, question, question. What was the tone? Was it antagonistic? Very was it was it no. okay, it was no. okay. All right. They were very serious. All the questions that were handed to uh, this individual were, were serious. There really was no joking going on. Um, they asked some very good questions. Very, very good questions. Uh, you know, one of them being uh, because he talks about how over the course of However many years they've been, they've been, U.S. has been dealing with this. Right, because he contends it's been decades long. It's not like a new thing. Correct. Like he actually so, says since the 30s, I think is what I read. Yes. Yeah. So where a lot of the, the sightings and incidences spiked was in it, with, with the dropping of the nuclear bomb. Yeah. It coincides almost the same year, yeah. which, you know, if I was a passerby in the neighborhood of, of, of Earth, and I saw a nuclear bomb going off that might pique my or, interest. Or a let's bit. say not even a passerby, <laughs> but let's say an observer, right? Sure. If I was watching ants in an ant farm, it's like, oh, these guys are cute. And one set and off a little nuclear explosion, little nuclear explosion I'd be like, let me get a look. Wait a minute. Get a little closer. Look at Wait, that. Let me pick up a couple of these ants and take a look at them. Right? Like, right. <laughs> like, what are you doing? <laughs> you know. And so, so I mean, it's it's. He talks about that, and then he talks about globally, the U.S. government has gotten a hold of 12 different crashed vehicles. Some of them operable and able to be flown. Okay. Some of them not. Okay. And the one of the key things I picked up on is he talked about globally. So so we have gone outside of the US. So, so your boys. <laughs> you men in black, right? They uh they're off in I don't know, Colombia somewhere. Retrieving yeah. some vehicle, and I mean, look, yeah. look. There's probably plenty of spy plane kind of stuff as well, you know. Sure. And and it it, it kind of makes me maybe curious. When I say spy spy plane, what I mean is, yeah, it's an unidentified flying object. It just happens to be man made, and it's not from some other right right universe, right. but or some other galaxy. But what what is what's interesting to me is let's say you're let's say you're at the Pentagon. Let's say. General Hapafodder, right, is at the Pentagon, and you know everything there is to know about this program. And let's say that, yep, we got a bunch of, uh, we got like seven, eight spacecraft that have landed on our planet, yeah. and somehow the United States was able to get every one of them. Or, let's say we got eight and the Russians found two. Sure. There is no upside to telling people that. No, like, the truth of that. There, if, you're a, if you're at the Pentagon and you're the person who knows... And you're developing technology off of it. You understand that? There's literally no upside to the government being honest about that if it's true, which is part of the problem. This is part, yeah, of, the pro part yeah. of the reason people don't trust them is, like, the government has no... Why would you say, yeah, sure, we found them? Like, what, yeah. What, yeah. What, what good comes out of that if you're the government? Now, if you're... And, of course, I guess as a citizen, I kind of have to question what good comes out of it for me, too, other than just knowing. Because that's well, going to rot I religion, think... like, religion... Oh, yeah. That's going to rock For a sure. lot of religions to the core, right? There's a lot yep. of science that's going to have to be redone, like, today. Our understanding of physics probably changes. 
our place in the ecosystem of the universe is absolutely changing. Sure. Sure. Just interesting, right? What's the what's the upsides? For me, one of the things that kind of blows me away is you have all these people that have progressively over the decades come out and been like, I've worked with these craft, I've seen these crap craft, I've seen as as the major refers to him, he refers to they recovered multiple biologics that were not terrestrial, non-terrestrial biologics is I think the terms that he uses from that, these that wrecks. would be that would be <clears throat> aliens, space people of some sort. Yes, yes. So Who biologics the is the term or... that they're using for organic. Which, to, to be fair, biologic biologic is a normal term that professionals use. Um, it's hard to say in a specific context, but like case in point in the Navy, sonarmen will hear a whale. They yeah. don't refer to yeah. them as whales. They refer to them as biologics. Yeah. So it's so an the animal organism. We don't know exactly what it is. Yeah, it's a biological kind of organism. So, so what's Correct. interesting about that, reading into that, so if that's the contention, what's interesting about that is there's an awful lot of people that say, hey, if there is alien life, why would they come here in person? Sure. Why would they send only machines? And so if you've got a race sufficiently advanced to travel the universe and they decided not only am I going to travel, but I'm not sending a drone, right? It's, it's right. Like, like, like we do, you know, a lot of our, a lot of our highest risk military missions now are done by drones, right? Unmanned aerial vehicles, all these things for a reason. We don't want the people to die who are capable of doing that stuff. Sure, sure. So if, if the contention is... And, it's, and let's say it's true, right? Assume it's true for a moment. Then some species somewhere else was like, you know what? I'm going to get in a thing and go over there. I ain't, I ain't looking through the camera. I ain't watching from afar. I'm going to sure. drive over there, y'all. I'm going to drive over there and see what's happening. That's correct. That, that to so, me is, is, is it very interesting. So in the realm of thinking about why wouldn't they just sell, 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 send unmanned spacecraft? to mm -hmm. earth right mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so i don't know if we talked about this on the podcast i don't think we have but the miller military has been testing drones that could be fully autonomous fully autonomous sure. aircraft strike sure. craft craft whatever uh right now as far as i know the software is only what's being tested right now so they test it in simulations and stuff like that so what they found was when they send these autonomous uh, aircraft out to do various things, they run into a lot of hiccups, like case in point being unable to uh, strike specific targets uh, based off of programming and stuff like that. So what they realized they needed to do was have a chase aircraft at however many hundreds of miles in the back they could edit commands from a distance. Mm. Um, so it's more local, but it's in. not directly in line of fire. Correct. Okay, all right. Correct. So then they started putting rules in place to these drones. You can attack these targets, you can't attack these targets. You can attack these aircraft, you can't attack these aircraft. Mm -hmm. So what the AI recognized was the control aircraft was hindering its mission programming. So what the drone was doing is the very first target that it went after when it would go out on a mission was the command vehicle. <laughs> because so this, is how Terminator, like, this is how the Terminator movies come to be. Exactly. Yeah. So, and, and that, that, that's, 
So this is a very real thought process. So, like, if you're an alien species, yeah. however long, far away, and you send a drone somewhere, it may not do or operate the way that you want it to. So the best thing that you could possibly do is put somebody in that vehicle and send them because they've got the programming, but they also have the problem-solving skills and whatever the case may be and right or wrong thought process, right, to well, and do I mean, And to a large degree, you know, we're still talking about manned missions to Mars. Correct. It'll, it'll be womaned mission to Mars, but human beings actually setting foot on Mars is the achievement. Yes. Like, we've put our robots there. And it's pretty cool. Yeah. But what, what do we want to yeah. do? We want to put a person there. Why? Because we can, right? Because we think we can. Because yep. we want to do that. Because we yep. want to try to do that. So, I mean, there's something to be said for biologics hopping in a, you know, a steel Tylenol. And jutting off sure. across the galaxy. <laughs> a tic-tac. Yeah, a tic-tac. <laughs> an enormous tic-tac. And going to find, you know, Bobby Joe in the field chucking corn, you know, so they sure. can grab him, yank him up, yank him up in some flying saucer and check him out. Something I found really funny is one of the legislators that asked the question, because he, when he talked about the U.S. has 12 uh, crashed vehicles and numerous bio- bodies of biologics and so on and so forth. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. The legislator was like, so let me get this straight. These beings have the ability to cross billions of light years of space only to get here to Earth and crash. On land. Why does this make any sense to you? But the, my thing is, the major answered it perfectly. He said... In every aspect of any mission, there's a possibility for accidents. Accidents occur. No one is perfect. Nothing is perfect. Even nature isn't perfect. Nature has random aberrations as well. This is something that's going to occur. And he's like, I'm bringing this to your attention because if we have 12 with various bodies in it, how long or how many do you think aren't crashing on the planet. Yeah, if we have if we have 12, right? So great point. Great point. Let's say we have 12. The United States has 12. How many does China have? It's a lot more landmass. Russia's a lot more landmass. And the earth How many have they shot down? And the earth is 70% covered in water. So, we're talking about the ones that hit land, obviously. Mhm. And we found 12. So is, is it common, right? Is this, this sounds like, it sounds like what he is contending is it's probably far more common. Yeah. Than most people would be comfortable hearing. Because most people would be uncomfortable hearing it happen once. Like, if it if happened you, once, if, if there were one. Yeah. It would be societal shattering news. I mean, if you had if you had a, a flying vehicle over a major metropolitan area and a news news vans happened to be there transmitting live to everyone, people would lose their minds. Oh yeah, like it just oh, yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah, it would be <clears throat> it would be crazy, right? Like the. Um, yeah, you'd have the lot. You have a lot of a lot of nut jobs go off. So, and, so and that, and that, that's the th- the thing to me is like, 
because there's a lot of people that are like, well, people aren't really aren't really responding like this is a big deal. And I said, well, here's the thing. I, I think there was a study that said something like 80% of Americans believe that aliens exist. Yeah. Or some kind of extraterrestrial yep. exists. Yep. And they believe that the government hides all of it. So well, where, where's your where's your head on that? Do you, um, do you believe there's life not on Earth? I think it's I, I think it's silly. It would be silly of us to think that there's not. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I, I tend to agree when you, with you. When you look at the mathematical computation that is the universe, the yep. amount of stars. Yep. The amount of planets out there that live in that what do they call that the the uh, I don't remember the, the Goldilocks zone like but the yeah Goldilocks zone yep. like I think we it would be silly for us to not believe that there's a, some something out there right, right? it's Fermi's paradox so, right like if you ever if, exactly. if anyone listening wants to look it up Fermi's paradox is one of the most interesting interesting reads it's a bunch of mathematicians sat around and tried to say, explain, or uh, prove or disprove life outside of Earth using math. Right. And uh, mathematically speaking, the inevitability is there's life, not on Earth. Yeah. Mathematically yeah. speaking. Right now, that's a big leap to say there's life not on Earth, and then there's life not on Earth, which has visited Earth. Right? There's, there's a lot of leaps you got to get to in there. So if we find, if we do find, if we were to find that there's life not on Earth, that has visited Earth, what I will tell you is... We're the we're the noisy neighbor. No one wants to be around. Yeah. <laughs> are, are we the neighborhood that you right. lock your, your right? You Chances your are we're being avoided. <laughs> like so, I can agree with that. So imagine this happen. Let me ask you this question about this because this I love this subject. This is one of my favorite. I, I could talk about this the whole time we're talking tonight. But let's say you're you're a dude and you're cruising down the road one night. You know you're in your puppy driving down the road, just the two of you in. Nowheresville, Nebraska, okay? You're on your way back home or whatever, on your way, nowhere's. All of a sudden, you find yourself abducted by aliens for a period of time, which you can't identify. Now, you're unharmed, but you end up right back in your truck with your puppy, and you go about your way. Yeah. The people who say that has happened to them have been treated the way they've been treated is not being kind in general. Yeah. So what incentive does someone have to say that and make that story up if the attention they get is so overwhelmingly negative as a result of having done it? And the question is, let's say that that, that happened to you. Would you be someone that'd be on the news being like, dude, look, I don't know what to tell you, but this happened to me. Or would you be someone that's right. like, I ain't gonna tell nobody about that. Because I don't want to do it. I think I'd be more more concerned with the implications to my health at that point, to be honest with you. So you'd be like enough doctor, like worried that I'm gonna have some crazy cancer or something, right? Mm. Because, I mean, you ever seen that movie Fire in the Sky? No, I have not. No. So, so that that movie is supposed to be about some folks up in the Pacific Northwest that went. They went fishing or something like that. Mm -hmm. I, it's been a minute since I've seen the movie, so I forgive me if I, I misquote the movie. But um, one of them gets up, or they all get abducted, but only one of them starts remembering. And they all got returned except for this one guy. This one guy didn't get returned for a few days. Hmm. Um, and then he starts having flashes and stuff of, 
of the experience. And none of it is pleasant. Like, it's all pain and horror and bad things. Sure. So that, that to me, is if somebody has the ability to cross the universe to come here and they're doing experiments, you're not stopping them. Well, yeah. They're, so they're, so let's, they're gonna let's, do let's talk about that, right? Like, so anyone, any, anything that has that capability is sufficiently advanced enough that we don't matter to it. We won't even understand. Right, what we are doing. termites. Yeah. In comparison. And so if they yeah. show up, if, if a crew shows up, we are absolutely at their, at their mercy. For sure. Because ju- our most powerful weapons, nuclear, are, would be ineffective because the, the requirements of traveling here would have <laughs> been tougher than yeah. whatever weapons of mass destruction we could use. We would only irradiate our planet. And they wouldn't care. So it would be really hard to differentiate between humans and cows. You know, to the South Park episode, right? Like, the aliens are like, the cows are who run it, right? The cows are the... Y'all bringing cows food. Like, the cows don't do nothing all day. Like, y'all just serving cows, (laughs) right? Like, there's there's something to be said. If if, If there was, you know, species out there, which I believe there are, there has to be life somewhere other than here, just mathematically speaking, and that life has advanced sufficiently enough to have the technology and the fuel and the resources required sure to make an interstellar interstellar trip and be so accurate that they land on our planet our best bets do whatever they say <laughs> yep yeah i mean it, i mean this is an idea that's so far out of the average person's ability to formulate a thought that i don't know that you'd even have a response to what you would do like you just wouldn't I mean, there's a good chance, and you and I have talked about this before, we may not be the smartest beings on the planet. There's a good chance that, like, an octopus is smarter than us or something like that. <laughs> Dude, there's probably, you know what I mean? Like, like I, I know a lot of people. There's algae in the sea that's smarter than a lot of them. That's a fair, that's a fair statement. So, <laughs> so like, so, saying, so I'm going to believe whole, that you, you believe, you believe that there's, there's aliens then? Oh, I, I, did, well, I didn't mean to go well, on so, so long about no, this. No, no, I, I completely believe that, you know, mathematically speaking, there's, there's almost a 0% chance. It's, it's not absolute zero. Right. But there's a 0% chance that life has only ever existed on Earth. And what's interesting yes. is when you get into it is the timing of it, right? Because one of the things is maybe life existed 100,000, 200,000, 500,000 years ago somewhere else. And maybe life is popping up all over the universe. It's yeah, just not at yeah. the exact same moment. And sure, not at the exact same moment, not in the exact same locations, right? Because to communicate with other life, you know, it's like we're talking about the speed of light here. Yeah. We don't have anything we've invented that's that fast. Light travels at the speed of light. Nothing else that we've invented. Yeah. So yeah. our next best bet is radio signals right and so we've been doing the whole you know SETI you know the search for extraterrestrial yep. like if you ever remember the screensavers that were you know contributing to the computing network for SETI to go and like process files and <laughs> yeah and send, but if you ever get a chance go on the internet and, and look at the ring because what we've been doing is sending out radio signals right trying to say if you're out there say something to us hello 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 we're sticking our head out the window of our house just yelling but if you go look right. at earth and you look yeah. at the entirety of, of existence since we've been able to do that, how far those waves have gotten, it's tiny. 
Yeah. Right. It, it's tiny. Space is is so incomprehensibly big, and there is so incomprehensibly much going on in it that yeah. yeah. There's there's you asked me the question: Do I believe there's life out there? One hundred percent, I believe there's life out there. It would be the definition of human hubris. Sure. To say we are the only thing that ever made it this far. We are not that good. We are pink. We are squishy on the inside. <laughs> and on the whole, we're pretty dumb. Yeah, I would totally agree with that. All that. I I just think it's interesting that we're at a point now where, like you said, the government still is not going to acknowledge straight up that they have alien craft. But at the same time, they're also not denying that they have said aircraft. And then you have people that have worked in the industry, whether that be, you know, in, in Area 51 or whatever, you know, reverse engineering a lot of this tech and or working for organizations that do a lot of this research and stuff like that. Like, yeah, that. So it's weird to me that we would think for a moment or there are people out there that would think for a moment that that's not a thing. You know, well, you almost have to invent reasons not to believe it, right? You you almost yes. have to, to sit down and say, I refuse to believe it because I refuse to believe it, right? When you talk about science, math, mm-hmm. whatever else, it's pretty much an, an inevitability that there's something out there. So sure. to me, I think, you know, I, I can actually see right now how easy it would be to become one of those podcasts that just talks about this stuff. Because this, we, yeah. are, we are now 40 minutes in to this one, <laughs> this one subject. Yeah. And could talk a lot more about it it's really fascinating you know yeah i'd like to take caller on line three you know that kind of stuff <laughs> so so i'm I gonna mean, move us it I'm could definitely us. end up being a multiple episode topic oh we're, we're gonna come back to this one i think we need to both probably keep an eye on this particular story i think we're gonna talk a yeah. little bit about voyager here in a minute too um in fact why don't we just segue right into that so let's talk about voyager right yeah. so so sure so voyager 2 uh i think segues well because it's 12 billion miles away from home um billion with a b with a b yeah billion like bullion except further bullion. <laughs> 12 billion miles the thing has traveled since like yeah. 1973 1970 whenever it was launched it was in the 70s and yeah. the people who were sending signals back and forth to it um they they made it oopsie and they sent it a command that tilted its antenna two degrees uh, away from Earth, which when you're 12 billion miles Whoops. away, two degrees means you're missing by quite a bit. And they thought, oh, well, it's done. We screwed up. And now this yep. piece of 1970s technology that's probably got like, like Flintstone-style feet pushing it through space right. has, is now tumbling outside of the sun's influence oh, and we'll never hear from it again. But the thing swirled around and sent a message back. And so the team at NASA was like, oh, oh, still alive. All right. They sent a message to tell it to adjust its antenna. And they said it's very unlikely that 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 is going to get to Voyager 2. But in October, it resets itself automatically. If it doesn't get any messages, it resets itself automatically. So really the story, I think, is is twofold. Voyager 1 is 15 billion miles away, right? So it's the furthest thing we've ever sent in the universe. If you've ever seen the... The, the records, the gold records, like that they yep. put on, like that's that's what that's for. Voyager is what's carrying that. So if anyone ever finds it, it's going to have, like, here's our basic understanding of mathematics. Here's where we sure hope they have a record the player. Universe. <laughs> Everyone knows a phonograph is the first thing every society intends. And so it's uh, the very first, the crank one, though. Oh, yeah. With the big, <laughs> the big horn. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Like that one. <laughs> 
That was a pretty good impression of the phonograph. The old phonograph. That was good. That was yeah. good. Um, and so anyway, Voyager sorry. 1 is 15 billion miles away and still working fine and has left the sun's influence altogether. Voyager 2 headed in a little bit different direction, 12 billion miles away. Hope to have it back talking to us in October. But the interesting thing is, man, I just told you a number that is staggering, 12 billion. That ain't that far in space. No. 12 billion miles. And in the context of the universe, that's not very far. That's like next door. I mean, so how how far edge of our... How mm. far is it to the edge of our uh, solar system? I think it was like... Well, let's check that. The edge of the solar system would be... 100,000 AU. Okay, so... So actually, 133,000 AU is what Voyager 2 is at right now. So it is three, 33 AU outside of our solar system. And it took it... So 1977 is when it was launched, right? Okay. So you're talking almost 50 years. Is, that, is my math right or am I mathing wrong? No, that's almost 50 years. <laughs> almost. almost. You're all right. Mathing's you're still hard, good. man. Mathing's hard. <laughs> um. To me, let me just say the fact that, speaking of math, the only reason this thing is working still and able to orient and communicate with Earth is because there are people that are far better at math than myself. I mean, think about that. Yeah, that's not a bad point. 1977, a bunch of, well, so let's say 1974. They weren't using computers. Yeah, they were using slide rules. 1973, a man's chalkboard, right? And yes, and in 2023, it's going to be right here. Oh my gosh! And Could you imagine, dude? And trying you know, people, to get a, an engineer to do this today? No, and on you know, a chalkboard, a slide rule. Have you ever seen what it required to get Voyager outside of our solar system? Because people think you launch it straight and it goes in a straight line. That's just how the human brain works. Yeah, not so much. It, it doesn't do that, right? It it. Yeah. goes between planets and uses the gravitational the pull of the planet to fire its slingshot yep. stuff around. Slingshot repeatedly, Unbelievable right? Unbelievable what, what was required to make this occur in the 1970s. And so right back and to the... the flight path, if you ever look at a video of the flight path, it's like from us to this planet loop, that planet loop, that planet loop, and it yeah, just continuously absolutely. like does this until yeah. it leaves, right? It's, it's unbelievable um, what was required to make those things work. And it really makes you do sit down and think, okay, this was the... They designed these. They, they launched them in 77. Sure. They designed them in s- s- late 60s, right? They, they constructed them. All the work that went into them was that sort of time frame. So yeah. did people just wake up one day and think, you know, I'm a lot smarter now. We're going to go to the moon. I'm going to put something a billion miles away. And if the answer is yes, people woke up and did that. And they didn't do it by thinking, oh, my God, some visitors from somewhere else landed and we learned something. Why... Why are we having such a hard time doing some of that stuff today? Idiocracy is reality. Are we going backwards, Appa? Is that what I'm hearing? We're getting stupider. We are getting stupider, for sure. You believe humanity on a whole is, some, is somehow getting dumber? We're getting dumber. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I don't think I'm wrong. I think as a society, I shouldn't say as a society. I think Americans are getting stupider, logistically and engineering-wise and mathematically. 
But there are other nations that are, if they haven't already, I'm sure they have, surpassed yeah. us. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Speaking of getting... I mean, you got... Didn't India... Isn't India getting ready to launch a moon oh, lander? Yeah. There, there's several countries. You know, we, we had some significant brain drain from NASA um, a couple of administrations ago. And, um, yeah. and we've talked about that previously on the podcast. And if anyone really wants to get me triggered, that's a great place to start. Um, yeah. So it... We've had that, and yeah, some other countries are, are really amping up. You know, the United States made its bones in the space race. Right? We're the most technologically advanced society in the history of, of humanity, right? And, yeah. and to a large degree, it's because we're like, we're going to have these huge goals, and a lot of people are going to move here and be really smart about it, and then we're going to perpetrate that. You know, I live not too far from Huntsville, Alabama, and you can go up there and see the you know, same thing in Houston, right? You can go up there. You can go and see yeah. Cape Canaveral. You can go look at where the United States government brought in just as many of the smartest human beings on earth at that time and said, get smarter, get smarter, get yeah. smarter, do big stuff, do big stuff, do big stuff. And they did. And we went to the moon and we sent things 15 billion miles away. And, and then we sent it the wrong command. Right? Because that's how humans do. <laughs> how bad do you feel is that guy right oh now? Oh, my God. It was like the guy. I forget what satellite so, it was, but there was a, a ra- like if someone didn't convert metric to imperial correctly and they shot yep. the satellite into the sun. Like that. Yep. That, per- that person spent their whole life trying to get that job and then was like, I had one job, man. That's TikTok right there. Oh, yeah. Speaking of, <laughs> speaking of getting dumber, right? Um, so, so Elon Musk is oh lord there's your segue well social media right like one of the one of the things i think that's contributing to the overall dumbing down of society is is social media it's and it's not social media by nature of just it existing because when it first started it was pictures of people's pets lunch and some connections right it has turned into a hyper addictive usage of technology so the companies that do it we've talked about this in the podcast before the companies that do social media stuff do it to make money because that's how companies work okay how yeah, do they make yeah. money they make money by making you stare at your phone all the time why so they can show you more ads because they make money based on how many ads they show you so their whole incentive is to get people to stare at devices all the time and there look there's a lot of research going on right now into the dumbing down of society as a result of social media well some of that research happa was uh the center for uh the Center for Countering Hate. All right, so this is it's a nonprofit group. They operate out of the UK and the United States of America, and they do research in social media. And what they do is they track hate speech, and they don't track an individual. You know, they don't go after someone and be like, "You, you, you know, you put something that was hate speech up there. We're going after you." Sure. No, they look at platforms and they say, "Hey, look, on the whole, is this platform friendly to hate speech or unfriendly to hate speech?" And that's right. really what they report on TikTok, Facebook, like they've. They do this research all the time. I think they release like quarterly reports. Anyway, they released a report, and they said that since the report found that since Elon Musk took over Twitter, that hate speech has increased by some percentage. That's not a secret. It absolutely did. Like, Elon Musk claims to be a free speech absolutist. Sure. Until you say Elon Musk is is fat. Right. And then your band ensued, and your house gets burned down randomly. It just, he gets like, he goes really hard to paint for certain things so he's not really a free speech absolutist right he is right he's very choosy about it and he threatened to sue he's threatening to sue this research group because they said hey we found that hate speech increased on twitter well i'm gonna sue you that is like that is so against 
what that's supposed to be about. If Elon Musk comes in and says, hey, look, I'm going to run Twitter and I'm going to be about free speech and I'm going to let everybody have free speech, that's one yeah. thing. Yeah. But you're, you're threatening to sue nonprofits, man. So, yeah, yeah he is threatened to Which sue. Which is a pretty dirty, dirty thing. I don't care what anybody says. Yeah, it's just, a, you know, you know, you and I have talked a lot about Elon Musk and it's fun. It's fun conversation for me because I think it's something we have different viewpoints on. And um, yeah. And the guy was so close to being a superhero, you know, that he, he kind of delves off into supervillain at times, in my opinion. Yeah. And then when you're going after a nonprofit that is literally just saying, we think there should be less hate speech online. Yeah. <laughs> right? like, yeah, for real. As, yeah. A, as a father of two teenagers, I would love it if people stopped calling them fat. Yeah. <laughs> right? You know, I would love it if they stopped yeah. being yeah. mean online. That would be kind of cool. Sure, sure. And so going after people like that, you know, there's... Um, there's that, and there's another piece I wanted to talk about, which is Elon Musk's tweet saying, if you have been fired or harassed as a result of your posts on this platform, I will fund your lawsuits. No limit. And obviously this is Elon Musk being high. Yeah. Because the first people to respond were his employees that were fired. Oh. Specifically... Oof. For <laughs> posting on the platform. Oof. And Oof. I find it just very interesting. I find the Elon Musk saga interesting because I really do think that we are watching the richest man in the history of the planet become the not richest man in the history of the planet. <laughs> right? That is already happening. People, he's already lost so much value that people are yeah. passing him. And I think he's just doubling yeah. down. Um, so the last thing with that is the Elon Musk and Zuckerberg fight. I don't know if you've seen this. This is as of, I think, yesterday. Elon Musk said, you know, I don't know if I'm going to be able to do it. I had an MRI. I'm not really there. I'm just not feeling it. And, of course, Zuckerberg. Not really there. Yeah, it's like, you know, I'm not, I'm not feeling good. I, gotta, I got a minor cough. <laughs> oh, so sick. <laughs> and Zuckerberg was like, dude, I'll do it, like, now. Yeah. <laughs> so Zuckerberg's, like, double, you know, five foot eight inch. Zuckerberg's like, dude, I'll go now. <laughs> and so this, the saga of Elon Musk continues. The saga of Twitter continues. The saga of X I continues. The, I think the funniest thing about this whole thing is, and, and it's not going to be a popular opinion, but I still like that he bought Twitter. Yeah. And I, and I like that he pulled a lot of the pins off of the idea that the government can say what you can and can't say. And I like the idea of the freedom of speech. Um it's bullshit that you can't say anything horrible about him on the platform. If that's, I don't know. I haven't seen any cases where he's, he's done that. And I haven't seen, I've read into it. I don't, I don't yeah. admittedly don't know in a lot of the evidence there. The problem I have in general, and I'm not saying I'm an advocate for hate speech, but I, <laughs> the, the, I have to preface it with that because that's how it's going to sound. Right. The, okay, the thing right, is, right. is we as humans have free will. So if somebody says something we don't like, in theory, we should have the free will to just not consume said media. Yeah. Yep. Period. Yep. But going back to the, the little, the, the sentence you had mentioned, because you have children yep. that might have comments to them that hits harder in a more emotional way because of the way social media is, I think it is very important for us as a society to recognize that we also just need to do better 
overall. So you're saying be a better human? Is that what I'm hearing you say? A hundred percent. So yeah, I, I remember. If I, if I look at somebody's Twitter handle or bio or whatever, and it says stuff like, I don't know, anything inflammatory politically or anything, you know, I'm already like, all right, whatever this person says is dribble. It means yeah, nothing to me. Absolutely. You know, you're right. But, but, and, you know, let's, and, let's acknowledge for a moment that you're an intelligent adult. So a lot of people right. using social media, in fact, most of them are bots. But take the bots out of it. Sure. Many of them are unintelligent adults who are unable to process and be critical with their thinking, right? Which is what you just described. Oh, I'm right. going to discount this person because I kind of see how they are. And it doesn't offend yeah. me, right? I'm not going to lose my, yeah. my mind over it. And I honestly think they, sure, they should have the right to say whatever they want to say. I have the right to ignore it. That has been like a, a long human history of that's how you handle that. And the real problem to me does come in the form of kids bullying kids or adults even worse bullying kids and True, stuff like that. Yeah. We have some pretty good, I think I think we have, I kind of like the anti-bullying stuff that, that we've done over the past, say, 20 years here in the States where we have these laws and, and you know, in, in a lot of ways, other countries are ahead of us on that. But bullying is just bad is, is kind of where you're going. Yeah. Like, don't, yeah. don't yeah. be a jerk. It's just bad to yeah. be a jerk. Social media happens to be a vehicle that people are using for it nowadays, but certainly not new right social media is like being it's just a jerk on a, is not it's in a bigger scale as a result of social yeah. media right yeah because that douchebag is able to propagate that to a bigger crowd now versus yep. a, a five or six people that they may see in public right yep. or, or heaven forbid find a thousand people to think the way they do oh god well you know uh douchebaggery tends to flock to other douchebaggery. <laughs> are you suggesting that douchebags are migratory? <laughs> I'm just saying. It, but so, in, in, in we haven't talked about this and in, in, in this is going to be something I've been actually meaning to ask you about it because um, in, in my opinion, the, the thought process that you and I have also is similar, but my thing is, is how our little humans yeah. progress through this world is going to reflect a lot how we as the grown-up humans are reacting in the world, right? Like, so yeah. I I hate to say it, but I, I'm pretty positive that if somebody's a bully, it's because they see that in their parents in some aspect of life. Some role model. And or, yeah. correct. Yeah. And that's why I say, like, we just have to do better. We have to do better as a society. Like, you shouldn't be, you know, just treat each other with respect as a respect of another human being. Like, you should be doing that already anyway. And if you think for one moment you shouldn't be doing that, well, you should probably take a step back and just stop talking. Just stop talking. Just stop. Stop. Just stop. Actually, that's a good. That's a good term. Just stop. Just stop. <laughs> like, right, you don't have to. Speak. Whatever it is, stop. Right, you don't have to. You don't have to tweet. You know, I've, I've had this viewpoint for a long time, and this goes back to, I don't know, two thousand and seven or eight. So call it that time, right? Where I was watching social media change, and when it first started, you know, Facebook was one of the most amazing things in the world. You could keep up with people all over the place. I still keep up yeah. with classmates, right? I, that I don't ever, I'm never gonna have a lot of room in my life 
for them right. to be a relationship. But I, I still care what happens to them, right? And so, you know, you get to see that sort of stuff. Uh, Twitter was one of the most unbelievable places to meet people with common interests and just go back and forth in a very kind of informal way. You know, I dealt with a lot of musicians that I thought a lot about. We had back and forths on Twitter. We never had that opportunity. And then when I meet them in, you know, real life, right. it's like, oh, hey, I know you, right? And you never get that opportunity outside of that, right? So there's magic, right? Social media was originally yeah. just like this magic. And there was this amazing and this amazing stuff. And then it kind of got weird. And it turned into, you know, uh, a much more gnarly thing. The thing is, the magic still exists. And yeah. we tend to talk about it only in negatives. And I don't think that's fair, necessarily. Right? Because you can still keep up with classmates. You can still, like, all the magic is still there. We just have a lot of people being jerks who are ruining it, you know, for everyone else. And I do think yeah. the kids thing, right? The kids thing is one that, that gets me. Now, my kids were prepared for how that works because you know the industry I'm in. You know what I do. Like, my kids, yeah. from the ground up, before they could use social media, they were going to be prepared to handle social media. And we've had to work through, oh, this is how bullying, yeah, yeah, you're right. That's how this works, and that's how that goes. And, and you know, kids' social groups used to be 20 or 30 people maximum is who they went to school with. Kind of. Yeah. And it was kind yeah. of their social group. And they became, you know, kids are very easy to be affected, right? And they kind of mimic what they see around them. And yeah. with social media, they can glam on to some really wonky stuff. And I, yeah. I, I do feel like, you know, people just need to be better on the whole. And social media is a vehicle for both, you know, good and bad. And it's not fair. I always talk about it in the bad light, but there's plenty. Yeah, of good, for sure. Plenty of good to be had on social media. And... I do wonder, <clears throat> as time goes on, I've had this thought, and this is the one I had back in like 2007, 8, 9, whatever it was. At some point, archaeologists who are trying to discover the history of humanity, yeah. at some point, they're going to be digging through digital archives. You know, right now, they're in some, you picture them in some jungle. Oh my God, there were humans here, and there was a village here, and there was a whatever, and they've got their brushes, and they're uncovering stuff. That's today's archaeology. There's a yeah. future state where archaeology is, let me see what people were like in 2023 by looking at their <laughs> digital footprint in 2023. Right. Now, that's a real thing. Don't have your search history. Yeah. yeah. Right? It ain't going away. So whatever you search for on Google's there, they'll have every, all your ad information, and they'll have your yeah. social media stuff. And the only thing that you're actually in control of there is your social media stuff. So if someone was going to dig up, you know, Happy Fodder, and you know how you know you go to if you've ever been to the Smithsonian Museum, they've got like the Neanderthals, right? And they chose yeah. they chose one example to be like the example of Neanderthals. So that could yeah. have been just like, hey, seven's the Neanderthal we're choosing. So if they if like yeah. in some museum <laughs> in 150,000 years, what if they chose you as the example? And it was like, oh man, and you're looking at the tweets, and it's like, oh yeah, this the society was full of hate and vitriol. All the time. That's but all that's the scary thing. No wonder right? they that's killed the scary the, thing No is, wonder the cities blew up. Like they're gonna look at this this say say a thousand years from now, they're gonna look at the, the growth in history. Like let's just roll it back to well, zero and go from there. And you're <laughs> gonna see this exponential increase in knowledge and 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 awareness and everything. And then what? Do we just flatline for the last 50, 100, 500 years 
of the, whatever they see. Like, is this gonna be? Is this gonna be considered the dark ages of the modern era? Is that what we're looking at? Are we in the dark age right now? You know, it, it's, might, it's possible if you want to look crazy. at the, the long arc of human discovery. We have access to more information than we've ever had access to, and a complete inability to process it. A hundred percent. I worked. You Think know, about I, right now. I thought about this the other today, actually. When so. Going to the barbershop. I know how to get to my barbershop, but the first thing I do when I get in my truck, pop open the GPS and throw it up in my in my truck. Yeah. So it's like, because I remember as a kid riding my bike all over Portland to various places. Sure. Off, and my dad knowing where this restaurant was or this store oh, yeah. is or whatever. Yeah. Oh yeah. My, can my people dad do still, that nowadays? They can't do that. My dad still refers to places by what county they're in. Yeah. County Can lines. Can they do that today? Who no. even thinks about county lines nowadays? Nobody. They're, Nobody. They're basically irrelevant to how we get places. But he'll tell you, oh, no, that's over in uh, Walker County. Yep. Oh, man. What do you mean it's in Walker County? I mean, look, if I knew more about counties, which I, because he's my dad, I had to learn, right? But if you don't know anything about sure. counties, it's like, what does that mean? Walker County. It, it's it's west, okay? It's west. <laughs> yeah. Right. Like, in. Where's west? Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah Wardle Directions. <laughs> really? <laughs> <laughs> what is that up it's up in the video game <laughs> yeah no it's it's uh it's fascinating to watch i was um a friend of mine was doing a ted talk and i was i was lucky enough to go with her when she did this ted talk and her her ted talk was about um the addictive nature of of not just social media but software in general so there's an awful lot of software out there games like video games or some of them they want you right. to spend as much possible as much time as possible right. using their software. And right. that's how they make money off of you is they, they keep you engaged, right? And they have, you've seen this, I've seen this, they have engagement statistics. How long did someone yep. get in? Yep. How many times did they do the thing we wanted them to do? Did they scroll? Did they play 50 matches or 10 matches? That matters to us. Yeah. How did we get the people who played 10 matches to, to play 12? And very few companies are being responsible with that. In fact, the guy I was talking to backstage at this TED Talk who was who had finished his talk, we got to talking about the ethics and technology debate because technology has none. Oh, wow. Yeah. And I think yeah. that's a really fascinating thing to think about. There's no ethics board. There's no ethics accountability in technology. Back to a thing we've talked about, it's because the government is so far behind. They don't know how to apply yeah. Yeah, ethics for sure. to technology. And technology, the companies that run it, obviously cannot be trusted to do so in a way that's just generally the, the best way for society. They're going to do it the way that's best for shareholders, the best for well, people who are making money hand over fist. You're going to keep trying to maintain that, right? Like, it's what they do. It's what, it's what companies are yeah, designed to do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I do think, I do think. Oh, you know, man, you said, I didn't we, think about that's a good topic right there. Oh, yeah, we should do that. When you said, are we in the dark ages? I think we might be. I, I think we think we're in the information Jesus. age. But we're going to look back and we're going to say there will be a point where humans have evolved to where they can consume this amount of information. <laughs> that will happen. Right? We're in the it, information age, it, but nobody knows any of the information. We're, we're, <laughs> we are like number three on the evolution chart right now, right, compared to right. where humans could be. And yeah. part of it is, oh, they discovered how to mine information, right, just like we discovered metal oh in the Bronze gosh. Age or whatever else. They discovered how to mine information, and they had no idea how to use it. <sighs> oh, yeah, you know, we're just walking for around. Sure. Dirt, dirt. Dirt, 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 right? <laughs> like, so, yeah, no, I think I think that'll be really interesting. Um, you know, if either of us are blessed with eternal life or if you're a vampire, you might be, I don't know. 
But uh, I encourage you to keep an eye on it. And say whiskey. Know in a thousand years. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, that is a oh my god that that opens a whole another can of worms because it really does roll back to the conversation that we just had about sending the wrong signal to a satellite that was programmed in seventy seven that oriented its communication uh, dish incorrectly two degrees. Yep. Which probably sent a signal to some random oh yeah God knows place. Some somebody right. was getting a new message right. from, from Voyager. Hence hence the twelve crashed saucers <laughs> on the planet. Yeah. They kept, they're like, we we keep getting these messages from Voyager and the little disc on it gave us a location and our ships keep crashing. And we ran into it because our math was wrong. <laughs> the GPS on your vinyl record that you sent up was bad, dude. It said take a left. <laughs> We, we, we needed to do it in, in meters, not yards, yeah. and we didn't know that. We took we took a left, and, we, and it was in some place called Nevada. <laughs> Seven and I literally didn't have any way to intertwine all these topics, and somehow, <laughs> here we are. It works. It's the whiskey. I blame the liquor. 100%. But, I, I mean, you're, I, I think I think you and I are on to something, though, when I, when I mentioned that. Are we in the Dark Ages right now? Because oh, yeah. I... I kind of feel like we are now because you don't got you have nobody inventing like Roman cement, quick dry cement or aqueducts or any of those things are not being like engineered or thought of in a large scale. All of it is maybe one guy who took the time to go to engineering school or whatever. You know what I mean? Like like case in point and, and this is going to be a subject I intend to add for the next podcast there was a new material that was just produced that is a superconductor that is hyperconductive at room temperature mm, that's crazy so it doesn't have to be cooled with with liquid nitrogen nope. which is what all yep historically that's what they have to do right so they've got it at room, yep yeah we need to talk about that but but it takes to create a certain amount of this it just takes time is all it is mm. and so the guy that created this stuff you know is this reverse engineered stuff? I don't know, because if you do a lot of, you know, um, watching of like, you know, we, we joke about Joe Rogan all the time. And some of the, the <laughs> look, Uncle Joe, if you're going to have <laughs> if you're going to have a podcast and you're going to aspire to someone, Joe is it right? Because he's, he's, he's pretty good. at he's, it. He is the guy like that's the person you should be emulating. But the conversations that he's had around aliens in Area 51 and some of the people he's had on, they've talked about reverse engineering. A lot of these power sources and stuff like that, that are there's elements that we didn't know existed that were reverse engineering. And who knows? Maybe this is one of those things, one of those random things that we're coming across, right? But, but anyway, I, I just, it, it does blow me away when, when you think about it in the aspect of you know, back in the day when Tiberius was talking to to Anzo there in Rome, right? Good old Anzo, did they, man. Did they Anzo think, was a good guy, right? That guy's a joker. That guy's a joker. I tell you, were they were they like, hey, Tiberius, are we in the Dark Ages right now? Like, we aren't inventing anything really spectacular while they're in in their no, they were cemented cities. I, or? I would bet. Well, I would bet you, right? That you're talking about Rome, and I think that's a good one to talk about. That was the height of society. Right. How could but it get higher? But they were using lead for pipes. Absolutely. We look back now and it was like, nah, you guys were 
not there. And I, and and so it's inevitable yeah. that in a thousand years, right? We're not talking. We're not even talking about a thousand years there. But in a thousand years, you know, fifteen hundred, two thousand years, humanity will look back at humanity now and be like, man, they didn't. Those guys are idiots. Those guys are, that was the dark ages. Yeah, those guys didn't know Jesus. anything. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, so, man. so you know. Let's let's uh, let's move on. I got two more subjects I want to hit. Um, we're go- doing good on time. Yep. I will say that um, this is going to be an interesting one. That's kind of going to be segueing off of a rant, which is what we just kind of had. And yeah, pretty much. There's there's <laughs> news right out that Wells Fargo is is adjusting how they approach their mortgage lending. And so um, I'll read the the, the kind of takeaways. Uh, it's the third largest mortgage le- lender, and they're stepping back from the mortgage market, not exiting it, but they're changing their strategy significantly, which matches Bank of America and JP Chase, um, JP Morgan Chase, right? It matches some of what's been going on there. So this is like the third of the top five banks to, yeah. to do this step. And since they're not exiting, they're gonna be focusing only on mortgages to existing customers and those in minority communities. So there's a, there's a large swath of human beings that are not going to be able to get mortgages through Wells Fargo. Through them. And, right, right, through them. And you know, you got Bank of America, JP Morgan Chase, and they're focusing on investment banking and unsecured lending, which unsecured lending, for anyone who doesn't know a lot about lending, that's credit cards. So unsecured means yep. you've gotten a loan and you didn't give anybody anything for the loan. So a car, as an example, I get a car loan, that's a secured loan. It's secured because the bank can come take your car away. Credit card, it doesn't do that, right? So unsecured lending yep. um, traditionally is a higher risk you know, spot, right? And so it's an interesting state of affairs to see banks saying, by the way, JP Morgan Chase, Bank of America made these decisions after 2008 crash. Yep. So they made their decisions with a kind of a a really strong economic driver just saying make some different decisions. Um, yeah. So Wells Fargo is the outlier because they're making it now. And probably the the, the interesting thing, I'll, I'll stop and let you, you talk about what your thoughts are on it, but is that mortgage interest rates have gone from like 3% you know, some years back, that's 7%, it's hovering around that. Yeah. That's yeah. hundreds of dollars a month on a mortgage. So already mortgages are becoming yeah. hard to get simply because they're so expensive. And now you have yeah. a third of the top five lenders in the space saying, we're just not going to do it at all. And so the question is, right, is, is, is the United States getting out of the real estate ownership business for citizens? Well, I think the thing that scares me is the idea of the American dream is I don't want to say dying because I don't want to be an alarmist. I don't want to be one of those people that for like five decades is screaming how something's ending because that's, you know what I mean? Because people have said the American dream was dying in the 80s and they said it in the 90s is so on and so forth. I'm not trying to say that, but this is a huge indicator of how financial institutions are shifting what they are willing to invest in. Sure. Right. Corporations and companies, whether based out of the U.S. or not, and there are a lot that aren't based in the U.S., are buying real estate in droves. Sure. And then never selling that. They're setting them up as rentals because they recognize that they can get far more money for a property if they just rent it versus buying and selling. Buying and selling. Sure. Just constantly doing that. Um where this is scary in the case of Wells Fargo is because Wells Fargo's volume of mortgages versus a lot of its competitors, its volume 
per se. Not necessarily the capita value, but its volume of mortgages, I think it's like double the next competitor, the amount of mortgages that they do on a regular basis. So for them to just straight up say, we're not going to do mortgages anymore, we're going to deal with rental stuff. Like we're So essentially what they're saying is they're going to buy property and start setting up rentals now because they can make more money that way. You know, it's, this is scary. It, this it, is scary. It, it is. And, and I thought of something while you were saying that. So I was, I was working in finance through the 2008. Um, and you know, I've talked about that. Probably we never talked about it on the podcast, but I have some sure. viewpoints there. And during that time, and, and I don't know, maybe this is a good conversation because I would be curious how much you remember of this because to me it was so much a part of my life, right? I was right. sleeping waking up, eating, breathing, this stuff. And <clears throat> during that time, there was, and there was an administration change that occurred, right? And there was the Bush administration, uh, the W. Bush administration to the Obama administration. Sure. And, uh, and through that whole thing, what happened was the bailout, right? Everybody knows about the bailout, but I don't yep. know how many people remember how much consolidation occurred there. And what I mean by oh, consolidation yeah. was the big banks got much larger and the small players were gone, right? They let them fail. And so yeah. while the government was willing to, and the government, like, they couldn't bail out everybody, right? Yeah. That was, that's not a real thing that could have occurred. And yeah. so what they chose to do, they chose, well, they chose to, you know, to, to bail out some and people can argue whether that was the right decision or wrong decision, whatever. I'm not arguing that, but they did choose. They're like, well, we're going to bail somebody out. We can't bail on everybody. Yeah. They let a lot of mid-tier banks and small banks die. Just collapse. And what yeah. they did with those accounts is they put them in Wells Fargo. They put them in Bank of America, right? Those top 10 banks that were talking to Timothy Geithner at the time, right, who was, who was Obama, he was part of the Obama administration. Right. Those top 10 banks got consolidation benefits, through government default, right? So these banks defaulted. And so now we've got all these banks that just got bigger. So all those, all that lending went in one spot. And now those banks have so much more power. It's a consolidation of power and consolidation of money. If they're deciding to exit right. the market, it's notable, right? There's not yeah. as many mid-tier banks. There's not as many regional banks. Yeah. regional banks, right? There's not as many regional banks right. to take that slack up. Now, I will say that's, that's, my, that's my death and gloom and doom and gloom stuff. But on the other side of it, there's probably a lot of opportunity for smaller players if you're going to exit the mortgage game. To start stepping up. To start up. stepping up, yeah. And sure. there's probably smart money investing in that, right? You, starting a bank, right? I've known a few people who started banks. And what right. I will say is it requires capital. Now, yeah. the, now the question is, where's the capital come from? And right. you are back to what you were talking about is the capital comes from foreign funding. Because who owns your I don't own my house. Do you own your house? No. The bank owns your house. Yes. Right. So that's a secured loan. That's the whole point right. of a secured right. loan. So, right. yeah, it, it's, there's, that's an alarming trend to see. Um, as hard as it is to buy a house anyway, interest rates make it difficult because of price. It's hard to find one. The housing market, the prices on houses are insane. My house? <laughs> Nuts. I, I could have bought my, I couldn't buy my house now. Right, I live yeah, in it. Yeah, yeah. Right, it's great yeah. to have. But if I sold it, I couldn't buy the one next door. Yeah, right. For sure. So, 
So making it harder and harder and harder and harder and harder and harder and harder for people to get a home yeah. should be really concerning to a lot of people. Now, I'm in, a, I'm in a, yeah. a place of privilege, right? I have a home, and I bought when the buy-in was good. But, yeah. man, if I was, if I was say, I just graduated college, or say I was two years out of college, and I started my career, and I was two years into my career, and I just got my first promotion, my first raise, and I'm looking at house time, I don't want to be a renter anymore, I'm probably a renter forever. Yeah, I mean, I bought this house, I was 40. So that's not, I, I, I hitting the quote unquote American dream at middle age, I feel like it's not exactly. <laughs> you feel like 40 was, while you got, a, got the American dream, you feel like 40 was a little bit later than you planned? A little late, a little late, yeah, you know what I right. mean? And, yeah. and not, not, not necessarily to anything in the financial marketplace or anything. I had a lot of blunders in my own life that kind of put me there but you know um you look at our our parents who who may have bought houses <laughs> or our grandparents yeah, yeah right that bought houses in the 50s yep. that y- you had these greatest generation folks that might have been overseas doing doing the government's bidding or the world's bidding to to knock down tyranny came back and just had stacks of cash back then however yep. much yeah it was 25 dollars right a house was 25 bucks Right. Yeah. And and they were able to do this or even my my dad, you know, he he bought a house in in Portland, Oregon in 1979, he paid $54,000 for it. A car costs $54,000 today. I mean, yeah. Like a uh, a not expensive car. Yes. So that to me is a little mind-boggling especially when you consider the disparity in property value say I can't really talk here now because this is like little California. I'll say maybe where you live versus, yep. say, Southern California. Yeah. Because that – you got people that bought houses in, say, 99, 2000, <clears throat> excuse me, for even 200 grand who sold them for $1.2 yep. million. Yep. And then came here to Texas or out to you or out to Montana or whatever who paid cash for – Whatever house that has five times the property oh, yeah. and they no, ended absolutely. up still with a million, you know, that, I don't know. To me, it's it's pretty, um, financing at that level is, if it's not, if you're scared to jump into the deep end to get a piece of property financed and you are ashamed of the fact that you're scared, you shouldn't be ashamed. No, like, no, it's a, I would be scared. As a guy that's it, it owned is, a home for over 20 years, I'll tell you, I'd be scared. Holy crap. I mean, even even when I bought this place two years ago and I got an interest rate that was insane <laughs> below what the actual interest rate was at the time, I still had anxiety through the roof, 100%. worried about everything, right? Yep. And, and yeah, I, so to see a big financial institution like Wells Fargo basically be like, you know what? I don't think more I don't think mortgages are a jam anymore. We need to we need to do something else to make more money. Yeah. Like that is kind of worrisome, right? Yeah. Ring some bells in your head. And you know, to you read all these articles about people who are you know, student loans, people probably fall a lot of places on whether student loans yeah. should be forgiven, right? Um, and but there is no denying that student loan student lending was predatory. Right? There's no denying that. Sure. Um, the promise of go to school for four years, you'll have an amazing job and live the American dream, completely false. 
Um, yep. Absolutely a bill of goods, you know. Uh, and you remember the show Married with Children? Oh, yeah. Craziest thing is the most unreal thing about that show was the fact that they could have that house on a guy's salary that sold women's shoes. Who yeah. would have thought, looking back, yeah. that that was yeah. the most unrealistic thing about that show? But when you look back at what people had on, you know, my dad, you know, not my dad, but let's say, ah, oh, dad worked down at the bowling alley. What do you do? We clean shoes? Yeah, we took one vacation a year, you know, um, had a home. It was paying a mortgage. There was food on the table every single night. Right, that ain't real no more. No. That is not no. real anymore. And yeah. you see that, that consolidation when I was in the financial industry and I watched that consolidation occurring. So, so consolidation was always how financial institutions grew. There's no, right. there's no mystery there. They grow through merger and acquisition. That is how that, that works. Right. They, you know, the big fish eat the slightly smaller yeah. fish, which eats yeah, the yeah. slightly smaller fish, which eats the slightly <laughs> smaller fish. Right? That, that's the way that right. whole industry works. And then people sprout up a new bank and they're like, oh, we're going to focus on, you know, only, only uh, unsecured lending for rich people. Right, whatever it is. They, they sprout up, they build enough of a, of a, a book of, of assets and someone's like, ah, sure, we'll buy them. Right, and the big banks yeah. are just they they pick and choose the best or they're who they think are the best. They consolidate, whatever else. But watching that consolidation of power at the bank level was really interesting because I paid very close attention to the consolidation of wealth, in from a human standpoint. And if you read research and you read what people are talking about, the the wealth of the the populace is being controlled by a very very small percentage of that populace. Yes, and it's getting further and further down that path. So the middle class that we all have this kind of in our head middle class, and this was, you know, you go all the way back to the Reagan administration to talk about this, right? You're talking about the American dream. That was a middle class dream. That is a yeah. significantly different thing than it was yeah. today. It's very different than it, 2023. That's way different than 1983. And I think that, you know, I don't I, look, I, again, I'm, I'm in a place of privilege. I've kind of got mine, you know, and I'm not, I'm not hating on that. But I don't begrudge someone wanting that. And yeah. it bothers me that there are people out there who don't get to have that experience they're 28 29 years old right got a four-year degree some of them got a master's degree and they're still having to live in the same house with their parents yeah only because financially not through any and it's not and oh my god it's not avocado toast right it's not a latte <laughs> right i don't care what jamie diamond says ceo jp morgan Chase. i don't care what he says yeah. It's not avocado toast. A guy worth $185 billion doesn't get to tell you that avocado toast is the reason you don't have something. Right, right. And so I, I, I honestly, I empathize with an entire generation of people who are pissed off about this. They should be. Yeah. I don't blame them. Yeah. Yeah. What are you going to do about it? Right? That's, that's what are we going to do? And, and I, you know, I encourage them to run for office. That's what I encourage them to do. We need younger people in office. <laughs> and if you're really mad about this stuff, I would encourage you. Get involved. I, 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 I worry that it's going to come to a headway at some point. It's going to be a headway that not a whole lot of people are going to be okay with. I mean, <clears throat> when people can't afford food, they get, uh, they get pretty upset. Yeah. And when people are I mean, telling you, I can't afford place, shelter, because right? that's what they're telling you right now is I can't afford shelter. <clears throat> I can't afford, I can't afford, so, so. I have a few friends that say that. I, when, I, when, I was, when I bought this house, I had reached out to a couple of my friends that, I, that were here in Austin. I said, you need to buy, right now, 
You need to buy a house. You need to. You have to. This is the time. Now is the time. And they were like, I can't even, I can't, I can barely afford my rent. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So you're, so you're, you're in a situation where, and I used to say that I used to call this, and, and those of you that, that are, are in Cali will laugh at this, but I used to call it the California syndrome. California is set up so that it is so expensive in California that you can barely live in California and you can't afford to leave California. <laughs> right? And that to me is, is, is scary. That's a scary thing. And I don't mean that as a diatribe against California. I'm not going to go down that road. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? But, but, but I, unfortunately, that's, I, I think that's where our renter, the whole renter society thing, like that. It's weird that that the idea of a renter society is a trigger for me, but that scares me because that is the idea of that is where your people are in a in a place where they are just barely surviving, right? They're, the rent is set at a level that they could barely survive and they can't necessarily better themselves. Like that should be scary to people because that's where you're that's where you're headed. So if you got a major financial institution it's like, "Well, I'm going to buy let's say every single house in this neighborhood that I'm in." Yep. And we're just going to rent out all the houses and we're going to set the rent at such a rate that people could just barely afford the rent. And they can't do themselves any better. Like that's scary. That yep. is scary to me. Yeah, absolutely. There was a, you know, um Glass-Steagall. Look it up. If you want to know why 2008 happened, sure. right? 1999 was repealed, been around since the 30s, dictated how, what kind of banks could invest in what kind of things, what kind of finance, say banks, what kind of financial institutions could invest in what kind of things. Sure. And that was removed in 1999. And as a result, we're having these conversations. Um, when you're talking about, hey, we don't want mortgages, well, you know what? Maybe you were a, a mortgage lending company, Wells Fargo. Yeah. But you found a more profitable venture, and now you don't do mortgages. And, you know, the in our chat here on, on YouTube, Rita was saying, hey, you know, coming from someone that left home at 18, I also don't think there's anything wrong with staying with parents, take care of them once they get old, and get For the sure. house when they die, rinse, repeat. I don't have any problems with that either. And I will tell you, in major cities, so you're talking about New York City, things like that, um, where there's San Francisco is a good example, right? There's no real estate left. In other words, it's fully developed. It is a fully developed yeah. space. Um, those those are sorts of inevitabilities, right? Because people are going to live in that space and they're just going to stay in it. And yeah. I think really more what maybe you and I are talking about is places like where I live and where you live where that's not true. There's a lot of places to build yeah. a house. There's a lot of places to put a house. And yeah. people don't do that. And so yeah. it's, it's a really interesting thing to be watching. And I do, you know, I've, again, got kids. So I, you know, I'm, I'm looking forward to when they are having that conversation as far as I'm concerned they can stay with me forever um, you know I'm not that person who's like oh I can't wait to get out of the house I'm not that guy 18 you gotta get out of the house nah I'm on the other <laughs> end of that spectrum I'm like no well I'll tell you what if you get a job we'll all just buy a bigger house together right so yeah man love my kids would love to be with them but also I want them to have that experience if that's a thing they want to have if you know I think my daughter is more like I want to rent an apartment in the middle of the city and, and that's okay but the option of buying a home and being a homeowner and, and, and being a part of a community sure. and putting down roots sure. and all that stuff, that option is not a, is no longer available to the vast yeah. majority of people who would take advantage of it. And, yeah. you know, people would call... What's interesting about a house 
and you and I have both experienced this, is kind of unintentionally, right? You can actually kind of happen into something that is worth, it contributes significantly to your net worth, right? If you yeah. bought in a place that grew, um, if you made good real estate decisions, you can kind of be like, I'm just living here doing my thing. And then you turn around in 10 years and you're like, oh, snap. Yeah. I have a, a thing of significant worth. And from a financial standpoint, that backup, right? Having equity in a home, right? And equity, for anyone who doesn't know what that means, it means you, you the, the home is worth more than you owe on it. So let's say you owe $10 on it and it's worth $100. That $90 of pad that you have in your life is incredibly comforting. You hope not to yeah. use it. But you know if you ever yeah. had to, you could. And people aren't getting that. As, as a renter, you don't get that. You know, that 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 cushion does not exist for renters. Yeah. And it's okay to make the decision that you don't want it. That's okay. But an awful lot of people would prefer to have it, and they don't have the option to, you know, anymore. And it's getting harder. And I think that trend of yeah. it getting harder. Wells Fargo backing out of uh, the mortgage uh, world is not the first, but it seems to be another domino, right, in a, in a chain. Of events. Um, well, and I, th I think you hit on it too. Is like the word I, I do worry because you don't see a lot of local banks anymore, a lot of local credit unions so much anymore, or or they may be, but they're nest they're owned by whoever, Chase. Oh Wells yeah, Fargo, yeah, absolutely. BlackRock, whatever the case may be. Yep. Right. So, yep. Yeah. So lighter note, uh, we're gonna move on, and I will say this one, you know. Pretty interesting to me. Uh, it did happen two weeks ago. <laughs> it happened after our last podcast, right? So it's it's had a little bit of time to marinate in the world. So, sure. Um, there's a there's a zoo in China, and they they have some animals in the zoo. Uh, they're called sun bears, and they're from Malaysia. And some pictures and videos emerged of these sun bears, which are interesting looking creatures, um, just interacting with yep. you know the audience of the zoo. And yep. I, I'm not gonna lie, these bears do look like a dude in a bear suit when they stand up. And so there are yep. people who said, that's not a real bear. That's a guy yep. in a bear suit. And so this zoo in China <laughs> has had to go to great lengths to be like, no, seriously. These are actually This is not bears. a person in a suit. <laughs> right? And they're inviting like people to come in and meet the bears. <laughs> and so I just thought, how ridiculous is it that that's where we are? It's absolutely a bear. It's a sun bear. Well, let me ask you this question. The people that did that are going to believe or do believe that this was, for some reason, this is the hill that China would want to oh, yeah. die on. Absolutely. I'm putting people in bear suits at the zoo in China. Um, a lot of just Chinese hating. And not. I'm not saying that I love the Chinese government by any way or means but if this is the hill we're gonna die on to think that this is the lengths that china has to go go into in order to fake out its people like come on man yeah that that's what first of all well i mean okay so there are chinese zoos who have been known and i say chinese zoos i think you're right it's not there are zoos that have yes. been known to pass sure. off dogs oh it's a timber wolf that's a gray wolf. That's, dude, that's a Labrador. That's not a gray wolf. Right? Like, <laughs> He's got some shaggy hair. He needs a haircut. Right. Like is what it's going Tiger on. King was yes. an entire documentary yes. about people who do this kind of crap. Yes. So it's not unique to China, to your point. Right, right, um, right. And, and yeah, it, it, you know, the, the whole concept of it blowing up on the internet and being like, oh, this is the thing the internet's going to talk about today. Right? We got a lot of stuff going on, guys. 
the whole planet's uh, on fire. Bears basically. are not it, man. Right? There's a lot bears going on. Are not it. And people are like, that's a guy in a bear suit. <laughs> that's a guy in a bear suit. <laughs> and the Chinese are trying to hide it. Yeah. Well, like, what? The Chinese with their balloons and bear suits, right? Like, it's like. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Balloons <laughs> and, and bear suits. That's, the that's things, great. <laughs> that's the thing we're going to go at today, guys. And I, I looked at that. That might news. be the clip of the podcast right there. <laughs> <laughs> balloons and bear suits. <laughs> the damn balloons and bear suits. <laughs> yeah. Jesus. Yeah. Where's my pitchfork? Uh, <laughs> anyway. That to me is is it, I woke up, looked the, was looking at the news and I was like, Yeah. Like, wiping your why, eyes. Like, why what, is this making news? Why is, is this the news right now? Yeah, I mean, <laughs> Thank God it wasn't Elon Musk or Donald Trump because that's what the news is always about. One of those two guys. I mean, I would take a bear suit. Guy I mean, that's what the man. podcast is about to be about: is Elon Musk, Trump, or bear suits? That's barely I mean. where it's going to be all the time. <laughs> and it, is it is it a dude or is it a bear? I think that. Oh my god! <laughs> you should do the you know the captcha when you do like not a yes. robot. Yeah. <laughs> to identify yeah. the bear, bear or guy in bear suit. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so I mean, this is this is interesting that we also. This subject is 100% tied into the social media conversation we had, which is, I still think, tied into the dark ages of of technology. That's fair to think about it. Let's let's be architect seven, or not architect, uh, archaeologist seven. Archaeologists have it. We're digging. Wait. I'm telling you. Wait. They believed it was a man in a bear suit? They believed in magical spells? They cut, people's, they, they cut people's heads open to erase their memories? Like, oh how, how do you differentiate? Like, we're that dumb. Why are we as people so stupid? Uh, I, <laughs> who, had, who had this thought originally? That's what I want to know. Oh, who you had know, someone. Of, like, that is a dude in a bear suit. Like, is that some, some big influencer that said that on social media I, and it just got out of hand or here's what i will tell you and this is this is this is going to sound like it's not true but it is 100 percent true a buddy of mine every christmas season is a coca-cola bear he dresses up in the coca-cola polar bear suit yeah you know they you you know they do the the coca-cola polar bears right where they do the the pictures and he does the you know the, the, the whole thing kids come up and they're like you know they take the picture that he does that he's an improv comedian and he somehow got a connection. He loves doing it. He does it for free and loves okay. doing it. But I will say, I've seen guys in bear suits. I don't think. Interesting. I think, yeah, I think that's a sun bear. <laughs> you, you, you heard it here here first, yep. folks. Seven yep. is a, a guy in a bear suit expert. He knows I'm like, the difference. I'm like, a, I'm like the Sasquatch hunter of guys in bear suits. <laughs> Sasquatch hunter. I know all their calls. Oh my Sam Squanch. <laughs> Sam Squanch. I can hunt Sam Squanch. <laughs> no, I, I, it's absolutely a sun bear. I think that's what you know. The the to, to put a bow on that story, it absolutely is a sun bear. They're weird looking creatures. They look hilarious when they stand up. They They're, really are. I mean, they, uh, look, I get it. There's there's one image that I always see if you look it up because it's the sun bear standing on its hind legs, yep, yep. and it's the back. It's the back fat. The yep. way the back fat scrunches up. So people are like that's a suit. Look at that. That's how a suit react. Like, bro. As one fat guy that understands back fat, okay? That's the direction we're going with. I have seen myself. I understand back fat, okay? But, no, it's sad that, that 
that for whatever reason we think that the evil folks oh, yeah. across the pond have to fill their zoos with people in animal suits. And it would like it would be easier to get some guy to stand in 105 degree weather every day in a bear oh, suit than it would God. be just to get a sunbeam. Come on, man. <laughs> I watched Come Tiger on. King. These you can get animals. It'd be easier to get the sun bear. It would literally get easier to get the sun bear. Yeah, the, the sun bear is the easier play there. Trust me, they don't. They, He's you know, what, like, look, man, I get I get three square meals a day. Yeah. I get water and a ball to play with. I'm happy. I'm good you know? to go. I get to yell at these kids, right? Like, some dude's gonna be like, I got. I get hands. a wave. People act like I'm a person. I don't even understand. Yeah. I'm gonna what's take going the on. mask off. I'm gonna real. <laughs> you don't give me a ten dollar an hour raise. I'm taking my mask off and revealing all of it. Oh right? I'm gonna take God. you down, Zoo. Like, Why are people so stupid? Why well, are we you know, and, so stupid? And, and things have the ten, you know, the, the whole going viral thing, which is a oh, yeah. you know a thing that's 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 fairly new to society, right? We don't understand yet really how it works, but uh, yeah, when you you got stuff that can go viral, it's really unpredictable the kind of outcomes you can have. I promise you, the people at that zoo uh, were like, they woke up one morning like, what? I got these emails, guys. I'm getting emails about the sun bears. <laughs> I've gotten 776,000 emails about a sun bear. The, the, the local commissar that runs the, the Chinese. <laughs> do, I don't even understand this. Like, do you guys, do you, I don't even believe what is happening is, here. Is like, sun bear code for something, y'all? Like, <laughs> they're looking around like, wait, our sun bears? Is a dude in a suit? Oh, How did this God. happen? They probably went out there and pinched so the things. Horrible. Like, are you <laughs> right. had to be someone like, maybe it is a person. Is that a person? <laughs> maybe it is a person. I don't even know. Maybe it's been a person the whole time. <laughs> he, he gets mauled. Nope, not a person. Well, <laughs> that's how we lost Jimmy. That's how Jimmy had to be. Re- we did another Jimmy. Yeah, <laughs> we're out of Jimmy's, guys. <laughs> Wait, is Jimmy the one wearing the suit? No. No, there's nobody no, wearing a suit. No, 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 no. It's actually a bear. Check that off. Check. Make sure you check that Once off again, on the passport. It's not a guy in a suit. <laughs> a great story. Oh, great story. It was, it was one of my one of my favorites. You know that, that came up recently, and and hopefully we have some more come up in the next two weeks news cycle, so we can talk about fun stuff like that along with Elon. What's Musk. hilarious is you you mentioned that to me, <laughs> and I was like. What? <laughs> I had to Google it because right. I was like, "What? What are you talking about? Yeah. <laughs> are you serious? What? Yep. Like, That's I feel like today. I'm saying that a lot, but why are we so stupid? Why are people so stupid? Why is this like, what's why? on social media? Right? Like, why? Oh my god! The algorithms conspired with the dumbest human beings and led me to Sun Bear is dude in suit. Oh my god! All right, Happa. I'm so here. I'm telling you, that back fat. Is that back? I mean, look, fully the, every the, time. The, 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 they have loose skin, right? Because the Malaysian sun bear has loose skin. I get it, you know, but it's known now. It's a it's a known thing. It, it it is, it is known. I don't think it's a known thing. It is known, <laughs> it is known now. I know more about sun bears than I ever knew before. Right, <laughs> hands down. Yeah. Oh my gosh. All right, Happy, what you watching, buddy? Oh, I'm all over the place, man. Well, beyond going through the expanse again. Oh, yes, you are. You, so you did start. in love. You with did. The okay. All right. I, I, I told you when we talked about it the other day, you said, hey, I'm going to rewatch this. So you've started it and, and you've inspired me. I'll probably try to start it too. I got other stuff I want to watch, but Dude. is it it's still a. I mean, God, I love that show, man. I love that show. I. I nerd out, and I have to, I've told you this before, and I've told Deacon, our friend Deacon, about this before. I nerd out about sci-fi shows that have believable science fiction. 
I don't know if that makes right. sense. No, it does. It's what like, I mean by yeah. believable science fiction is the physics are in there. Um, like case in point, Battlestar Galactica, the remake. The reason I loved it because a lot of the technology that was live in that show was stuff that I would see on warships today, like their phones and the way the doors acted and like just stupid little little details. Like right. that stuff to me just sends me into nerdgasm. That's a word. Yes, you can use that from now on. Congratulations. <laughs> Is that a whiskey drink um, or tequila? It, it might be, actually. Ooh, we should make a whiskey um, <laughs> We should invent a whiskey drink. The nerd. nerd gas? Yeah. I feel like somebody somewhere had to have had that already. I that but I, I, I just legitimately love shows like that. And and when you have a show that is a soap opera in space, essentially that's what Battlestar Galactica was and that's what Expanse is. Yeah. I, I, I will fall 100% in love with it. And, and that is, yeah, I've been watching that again. Um, I finished up Witcher, the season three Witcher. Um, would I recommend season three Witcher to people? Not really. <laughs> yeah? So that's, not, that's, that's a not that, really it's, for you? It was something I would literally put on in the background while I make dinner, and then mm. I would go watch something else when I'd eat. Like, it's... I mean, well, you could talk about that on a, on a on another episode. Maybe we need to do a, a full on entertainment topic. Um, but uh, that show, I mean, even if you look at, at at Rotten Tomatoes, the Witcher Netflix series is getting just pooped on. Like it's not great. It's not gonna and, die, huh? Nah. But uh, Strange New Worlds, though. Let's backtrack a little bit. Okay. Strange New Worlds. And the reason I'm backtracking, and this is actually, uh, 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 it may take a second to talk about it, but Strange New Worlds, the latest episode they had last Thursday was a, are you ready for this, Seven? Mm. Maybe. It's Star, it's Star Trek. It was a musical. <laughs> Star Trek musical? Let me tell you, Rita and I are watching Strange New Worlds every week that the episodes come out and i had i had mentioned that i was excited for this episode okay and the reason i say excited is not necessarily because i love musicals i don't mind musicals i have yet to see a single episode of of star trek station worlds which is one of two star trek series that have come out in the last like five six years what was the other one there was was another one that was like discovery discovery that's right yep that I will say as a Trek fan is not Star Trek. It's a okay. sci-fi show. Watch it to watch it as a sci-fi show. Don't watch it as a Star Trek fan. Okay. It'll just piss you off, make you angry, and you'll not like it. But Strange New um, World. There's a reason this. There's a reason Discovery got canceled. Okay. Uh, <laughs> okay. St- put it that way. Strange New Worlds. Every episode is Star Trek. Like they've, if if you're a nerd like me. Hands down, Star Trek, and they Star Trekked their way into a musical, and it actually fit. It was actually right. I was not only laughing and enjoying it, but I was entertained. And there's a lot of hate on social media. Oh, really? Uh, so some people are some people episode. are not loving it, huh? There's a lot of hardcore Trekkies that were like, "That's oh. not how it should go." Blah blah blah. Uh. But they they spun it into a Star Trek episode that in my opinion was legit. Like it was a legit, there was scientific reasons why they were all singing and everything. And <laughs> the thing that I loved was 
I do like seeing shows where they take an actor or a lead and they kind of show the range mm. that you don't necessarily see of that actor in another episode, you know? And it showed and highlighted, in my opinion, the range that all these actors had. And it was amazing. Like, it really was amazing. Um, and it's coming to, the, I think this week's is the season finale. Uh, but I, I still will say the Strange New Worlds is worth a watch. It's on Amazon. It's a great Star Trek before Kirk Star Trek. Okay. All right. Um, fantastic. It's, it's entertaining, man. It's worth watching. So that you were mentioning, you know, shows that, that bring out someone's acting abilities and, and sometimes you don't yeah. expect it. And I remember, you know, and look, if you're listening, don't take this as a show recommendation. So disclaimer, this show is not for everyone, but Peacemaker, it's a series and it's John Cena. And, okay, yeah. and there are, you know, Peacemaker was a character. If you watch the um, Suicide Squad movies and, and I didn't really yep. love him as a character in those, you know, meathead kind of character. Yeah. Um, but the show, the show is, is, it's similar. It's what you're talking about. And it's like, oh my yep. gosh, they're giving John Cena the ability to have a range that you're really not prepared for. And that can make me really fall in love with a show. Yes. And so, yeah, when you're talking about like a show that's like, it lets characters have all this range and lets these actors really explore these characters, that, that can really, really make a show for me. So it's, it's probably worth me. I love that point. show, by the way. Peacemaker is oh, Peacemaker. fantastic. Dude, that show completely ca- – look, you're going to turn it on. Anybody who's listening is thinking about it has been on the fence. You should watch it. If you're, Go if watch you're, it. If you're thinking about watching it, you should. If you've never heard of it, you might – look, it, it's got some stuff, all right? It's got some stuff, but you're going to have to be okay yeah. with that. But I'll tell you this. You're going to turn it on, and the opening sequence is going to – is gonna, you're going to look at that and think, what am I doing? And you're yeah. going to get about halfway through the episode and you're going to think, no, really, what am I doing? <laughs> and then at some point, first into the first episode, maybe the second episode, you're going to be like, this is fantastic. And so it's like, like yeah. it, you start watching it and you're like, okay, campy, whatever. And then it's like, oh, though, this is, this is really good. Like yeah. really good. Yeah. And yeah, so I yeah. can definitely see when you say, you know, strange new worlds, you say that's like it's just letting the actors explore the space. That is some of the most rewarding stuff you. to watch. You get invested in it. You're in it with them, right? You become part yeah. of like, like, oh, my God, they did something I didn't expect. So I, I do think that stuff is really cool. So, yeah. So, Strange New Worlds is what yeah, you got going sure. on, right? And you're rewatching the experience. Yeah. So, you're on a science fiction kid. Yeah, man. Yeah, man. I'm a nerd. I can't help it. <laughs> what, are you, what are you watching? What am I watching? Uh, what have we been watching lately? Uh, <laughs> Righteous Gemstones. <clears throat> I need to watch that. You've been telling me I need yeah. to watch that. Yeah, Righteous Gemstones again. You know, one I can't, I can't really recommend to everyone. All right, look, I grew up and live in the buckle of the Bible Belt. All right, I am in, <laughs> I am in Birmingham, Alabama. Okay, so yeah, I will man. tell you the the religious nature of this place. I can't the the I cannot overstate it. And so what I will say is Righteous Gemstones, I can't recommend it to everyone because I'm around so many people who would find it just so unbearably distasteful because of their religious beliefs. For sure. Yeah. So so if you're someone who's like, you know, watches South Park and gets offended, don't watch Righteous Gemstones. Right? Like, like South Park can be offensive to everyone. So, but if you're someone who can be like, ah, they got me on that one, but it's still funny though. For sure. Still funny. Then Righteous Gemstones is for you because it's about a family who has made uh, quite a lot of money 
and when I say quite a lot of money, what I mean is quite a lot of money by being uh, evangelical pre preacher family. Which is a which is a thing. It that is, is a, thing. a thing. It is a thing. Yep. And if you watch it, okay, I got to be honest. If you watch it and you're into some of that, and that's how your life goes, it's gonna hit a little bit close to home. Oh my goodness! It's John Goodman. Uh, so, John oh, Goodman. You, what I is the what is the guy's name? In the Ballad of Ricky Bobby, he's the number two guy. He's he's hilarious. What is? You know what I'm talking about. As soon as I say it, I just can't remember his name. Oh man. What is his name? Dan Danny McBride. Is that it? Let's see. Danny McBride, yeah. Danny McBride. Yep, it's Danny he's, McBride. He's Jesse Gemstone. Yep, yep, yep. So it's John Goodman, Danny McBride, right? There's some other folks you're going to recognize in there. I'm always down to see John Goodman in anything. To be honest Dude, he is you. so good in this because he's John Amazing. Goodman. Amazing. Like one yeah. of those actors, like we were talking about, one of those people that just love to watch, right? Um, yeah, you know, the dude abides, right? And you got him in that yeah, movie. Man. <laughs> Damn it, Tony. You walk into a room like a child. I'm telling you. Yeah. He's all hold the hold the gun. Oh yeah. Yeah. So yeah, that's so I've been I've been working my way through Righteous Gemstones. We're on the third there's three seasons so far. We're on the third season, about three episodes. I might have now. to start watching that, man. It's worth it. If you do tell me, uh, because you're gonna you well I you, will. you won't be able to stand it. You'll text me and you'll be like, Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> that, that, that's how that's Fair. gonna go. If you start watching it, you're you're absolutely gonna be like, Oh Fair. my god. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. Fair. So I've been I've been trying to hold back talking about this. Uh oh. Because I know what your answer is going to be oh, about what you're playing. I already know what you're playing. Oh yeah, yeah. So because I because I log on to Steve to load up a game <laughs> and I'll see there's seven, there's Dude. seven last couple days. Dude. So all right, well let's talk about Battlebit first because because okay. you and I have played Battlebit Remastered together, and we very much enjoy it. Um, we did know you know I love it. Oh, it's a great game, and you know I'm going to continue to just just put as much praise as I can on that yeah, development man. team, on that game, and how they've handled themselves. Because we enjoy the game, but there, was, there are some things about the game that are broken. It's three guys, right? They made the game, and, yeah. and it's, it's not yeah. perfect. And that's okay. Yeah. It's a great game regardless. Yeah. But one of the things that was in particular broken is submachine guns in this game, right? And they, they're just overpowered, right? But what I want to do is throw praise at these developers for the patch they released this week. So these guys come out, and they release a patch for Battlebit, and it's bold. The kind of changes yeah. they're willing to make to the game to make it better are bold. And so, yes, do I think the game is amazing? Absolutely. Do I think that the game was being developed by three people is insane? Yes. Can I be I can't I believe still. I still can't believe it. And how well it was done yeah. from the, the get-go, I can't believe. And now yeah. what I can say yeah. with confidence is I can't believe how good they are at tweaking things. Yeah. That's just impressive. These guys. Yeah. There's If there's a big, you know, there's a big studio out there, they need to be looking at giving these guys a check. Yeah, it, uh, it'll be hard for me to say anything bad. Well, I don't have anything bad to say about the developers of Battlebit Remastered anyway. Yeah. This 2.0 patch that they released yesterday, yep. day before yesterday. Uh, Time is a flat circle. I don't remember. But it was in the last two days. Yeah, I don't know. The the way that they, have do, they do balance, they're seeing the feedback on their Discord and in social media, and they are acting accordingly. That, to me, is phenomenal that that they are doing that and they are they are acting it's not like they are waiting a year to act on that feedback either they are acting fairly quickly 
on said yep. feedback and it's been phenomenal it's been yep. a great experience and i do think you know we've talked about it a bit i think they've got some room to go but now that i've seen For this sure. patch i believe they'll i believe they'll do it i'm gonna keep playing that game so you and i will play that together yeah. we've been playing uh pga 2k23 uh, yeah, with man. Deacon quite a bit, and it, surprisingly, you know, I'm into golf. I've gotten back into golf recently. Deacon's into golf. He plays. You don't. But we have found yeah. that to be an incredibly relaxing time to sit around and play. However, that's not why you were asking me. So yep. I picked up a game. Sex with bears. That's what I want to hear about. <laughs> well, I'm not there yet. <laughs> oh, so, okay, okay. Uh, But I'll let you know. <laughs> I'll be texting you, I'm sure, like, oh, my God, happened. So, you know, this game... Uh, is Larian Studios, all right, L-A-R-I-A-M. And I will tell you, it's a CRPG. It's called Baldur's Gate 3. Now, a CRPG is, is an old-school term, computer role-playing game. And the reason it exists is because it came from people who were used to playing tabletop games. Yeah. Right? They're yeah. playing Dungeons & Dragons or whatever. Now, having said all that, I was never into those games. I was into shooters. I was into action games. I was into a lot of stuff. And I played a game called Disco Elysium. That was a gateway drug for me. Um, it's, it's way closer to reading an interactive novel than it is to playing a game, right? Disco Elysium is. But the themes in it are deep and heavy. Socialism right. versus communism right. versus... It, it's, there's a, you know, sexism and racism and these things just permeate this game. And so it becomes an incredibly addictive game to play. And it's one of the, still to this day, I would say one of the best games I've ever played played that led me into divinity original sin 2 because i was like okay this is kind of cool made by larian studios so baldur's gate 3 comes out also by larian studios now yeah it might be larian it might be larian i apologize if i'm mispronouncing it i'm trying to be fancy so it's larian so here's what i will tell you i have played this game i don't know let's call it 12 hours so far and I only started playing it, or only downloaded it, because I, every time I go on Twitch, six trillion people are streaming the thing. Yeah, seriously. And then I read news that it got 700,000 concurrent players on Steam. That's more than any game has ever gotten. 700,000 yeah. concurrent players. This is a $59.99 game. Yeah. And here's the magic. No Be Before you go any further, yeah. there you go. It you're the whole you bought the game the game the whole game I bought the yeah. game, and I'm sitting down and playing it, and I'm thinking, oh my god, this story is amazing, dude. There are some adult. <laughs> I won't talk about it on the podcast, but there are some adult themes in this game. Just a heads up, ladies and gents, <laughs> dogs and cats. There are some adult themes in this particular video game, and I'm playing through it, and I'm gonna play it. I'm gonna play all the way through it. I want to see the story, but also. Sure. How insane is it that we have, in the span of three podcasts now, we've talked about a game developed by three people. Yep. Battlebit Remastered, sold for 15 bucks, blowing the yep. world up. And then yep. we're talking about a game, Baldur's Gate 3, that boldly, the CEO came out and was like, I'm not selling to a studio. I got stuff I want to do. Yep. I just want to make great games. And we got yep. Baldur's Gate 3 that comes out, and they sell the game for $59.99. There's no subscription. Yep. There's no microtransactions. You get the game. You get to play the game. That's amazing. Dude, I feel like a kid in a candy store again. Just on the on you the got, surface you... of that. Are they saying the audio is gone? Why is the audio gone? Why is the rum all gone? Technical difficulties. Are you guys hearing us now? Why audio gone? 
Well, maybe just my audio is gone, and we need to wrap anyway. No, I'm oh, seeing you can, your you audio. Can... All right, all right. Well, you know, all right. Well, the game's good. Baldur's Gate three. Oh my God. At the end of the day, Baldur's Gate fifty nine ninety nine. You get the whole game. No microtransactions. Amazing. I I just can't. You know, the gaming industry. I was I was actually talking to my wife about nine ten weeks ago. And I had the games that we play together. You know, we play World of Warships together. Um, we have for some time. We play Battlebit together. We play some golf together. But on, on the whole yeah. of it, there was nothing coming out that was incredibly compelling. We've got Zelda, right, that came out for the Switch. Yeah, We've yeah. we got a couple of games. But most of the games were rehashes. They were the Call of Duty series. They were the... And I'm not knocking those, but those are those are minor changes to a series that exists. And I... I You've got to have something new every now and then. Yeah. I played... Um, dredge right and that was a super original game it was a very short game but super original really loved it and then you get like day of the diver which i haven't checked that out right now i've got this expanse game coming out i bought it haven't played chapter one yet you get to play as drummer by the way which is my favorite character in the whole series yeah yeah, amos or drummer one of the other is going to be my favorite i love amos would be mine but Yeah, yeah amos amos is pretty good but so like and all of us so all of a sudden since i went and complained about it the universe was like well stop complaining here's some great games so now I'm like, I have a, a wealth of games I gotta go, gotta go play. But yeah, so that's where I'm at right now. It's definitely Baldur's Gate 3 and then hanging out with you playing the multiplayer games. Yeah, I mean, to me, today, because there's two games right now, Baldur's Gate and Remnant 2. Revenant? Remnant. I can't remember <clears throat> which one it is, but in this day and age today, to have a game released $59.99 and you don't have microtransactions was actually a i like i didn't i couldn't believe it no like, that's it a bold that's bold i mean you're not yeah you know even if you're not even if you're just getting microtransactions to have an outfit right even if it's yeah. it's, it's the seemingly yeah. innocent microtransactions yep. which a lot of games have and I'm, I'm not knocking games for having microtransactions necessarily right. right i do think some games in particular ea was an example <clears throat> where they got with the star wars battlefront series they kind of got you know, a lot of community backlash for they got hemmed my, up a bit. Yeah, FIFA, right? They went too far. Yeah, and they yeah. they're like, oh, here's sixty dollars for a game in PGA, two K two three. Every time we open it up, it's like, I know you paid sixty bucks for this game, but yeah, here's some, don't you want to buy yeah. a hat? What about some, some shoes? really cool golf pants? And what or about some sunglasses? Right? It ain't really sunglasses. And I'm like, no, thanks. Um, yeah. And so that's really the direction games had kind of gone. And to see a couple of games come out and be like, no, we're not going to do it that way. And then to see that there's the community community is supporting it, right? Which is cool. But it's supporting a pretty whole genre that has kind of died out. There's not 100%. a lot of those kinds of games out yeah. there. So I, I'm really hopeful that there are people out there saying, you know, they had a dream of making a great game. They have everything they need to do it, but they didn't think the community would support it. I hope they look around and like, oh, I could maybe maybe I could. I make hope a so. Yeah, game. I hope so too. And I, I, that might be the big takeaway from here, because right now, I mean, when Remnant 2 and Baldur's Gate 3 released, I read somewhere that they were the, the both of them were some of the most successful games to date for this year. And some of the most streamed games, like highest yeah. population of viewers. I'll tell you right now, right now, so I was pulling it up while you were saying that on Twitch right now. There are over 80,000 people watching Baldur's Gate 3 be streamed. 
There are forty. And, and there are almost forty-three thousand watching Remnant Two be streamed, and these are games yeah. that. There's no sweaty tryhard in this game. Right. The people who are watching this be streamed is story. It is yeah. very, very tightly woven stories. It's a, it's an art form and into itself to make a game that has got a story at that level, and. Yeah. yeah. I love seeing that content creators are being rewarded for playing games like that. Yeah, for sure, for sure. I I have a problem playing games like that, like Baldur's Gate 3, because I will play it and play it and play it, and then I'll just get sidetracked Yeah, and then never finish it. Yeah. And so I typically don't spend the money on those games because I have an understanding in my head that I just probably will never get around to finishing. Yeah. You know? I tend to... I tend to um... I tend to be completionist on these games. And so Fair. you've got people who are like, uh, oh, you know, I played it and it was a great week. And I'm like, it's... Right. Because so Act 1 in Baldur's Gate, I've heard, I don't know if it's true, but I've been told it was 100 hours plus. Act 1. I think there's oh, wow. three acts. And, wow. And so I'm a bit of a completionist. And there's people out there who will be like, oh, I played it for a couple of weeks. I finished it. Great. I'll play it for months. Yeah. You know, yeah. and I will stick with it if the game's good enough because I need a game that lets me sit down sometimes, throw on headphones, grab some whiskey, and just have fun. Sure. No yeah. pressure, fun, right? And there's sure. too few of those games around now. You know, I, I, maybe yeah. sometimes I don't want to get in a server and get shot in the face 65 times. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Sometimes that sounds like a great time. And then other times I'm like, yeah. no, I really just kind of want to sit down and <sighs> take a deep breath and uh, grab my whiskey and just kind of chill. And I need that game. So I don't care if it takes me two years to finish it. I'll finish it. That's fantastic. It's fantastic. Well, bud, I think so, that's what we got for today. That's about it. We're we're a little bit over, but it's yeah, I'm okay with that. It's it's almost two hours and three minutes, so it's not too bad. So, so I went through some as one does in life. You go through some trials and tribulations in your life, and I had some reassessment uh, that occurred before I left the military, and. I'm going to say this because I don't, I, it's important to me. It's been kind of an important thing for me as an adult that people understand. Um, I went through therapy in my later years in the Navy. And to me, I think everybody should go through therapy. If you're okay with yourself and you think you're fine, I think you should go through therapy. If you're not, I think you should go through, I think everyone should go through therapy because it legitimately helps um, you understand either certain things that your way of being and reactions to things are correct, or maybe you could handle it differently or whatever. Um, it was the, honestly the greatest thing that I ever, ha ever happened to me, uh, was going through therapy. But one of the things that, uh, I did do that was suggested to me when I was going through therapy by my therapist was that I, a, I write down thoughts and then you, you wait, they said 72 hours. Sometimes I would wait a week and I'd come back to it. Reread it, and then you'd kind of answer that thought and, and, and extrapolate. Because when you write stuff down, it activates a different part of your brain, and you think about yeah, it differently when you than say, when you let's, verbalize Let's make sure we say whatever. this right, because you and I are both big yeah. fans of what you're talking about right there. And I don't want to lose that yeah. point. Yeah. You say write yeah, yeah, stuff yeah. down. What you mean is take out a pen. Yes. Write it on a piece of paper. That is what you, when you say. Yes. It's not like just so type it out. So thought going to your fingers into yeah, a vessel and writing physical, it to paper. The physical yes. interaction does something different. Yes, I'm with you. So they yes. said 
it is a different down. part of your brain that's activated. So and, the advice so, you got was write it down and then revisit in 72 hours? That's how that... Yep, yep. And what I did is the first few thoughts that I wrote down about a week later when I went to my next therapy session, the therapist was like, I don't need you to read to me those. Those are yours. But I want you to, I want you to read them and think about them and maybe hone them a little bit more and then write the next few thoughts down or whatever the case would be. And what it ended up being was, I don't even know what I'm, what number I'm up to now, but I have literally a list that I call Hapa's rules for living. Um, and so I had asked seven before we started the podcast, like, what did you, what do you think about me reading a few of these every podcast? You know, um, I'm only going to read like, maybe three or four, maybe five of these, but I have found that these rules, I try to live every day um, as much as I can with the, with this thought process in my head. And it's actually done me well. Um, and my number one rule, and you guys, those of you who see me on stream or in social media, you might've seen what I, what I have. I have a sign that's up in my stream room, but the, the very first rule, and this has been something that I've tried to live by in my adult age from day one, was work hard, stay humble. And it's literally just always, whatever you're doing, try to do the best you can, but understand that you're not the best at whatever you're doing. There's always somebody that's better, or you could always be getting better, or whatever the case would be. Um, number two, I think, applies to kind of like what we talked about a little bit with bullying and stuff like that. Uh, we're all different. That's okay. Like, everybody's different nobody's it's okay to not be the same like you don't need to be the same number three is one thing that i have always tried to lead my life and live by and i actually have a sign that it's actually by my front door uh so when you come into my house you'll see it and it says either offer kindness or move along like in other words be a be be good just be good to each other like either that or just go away like i don't have time for that negativity um, number four, four is, it sounds silly, but hold the door. Like, I, I literally had hold the door when hold the door was a thing. It's like, <laughs> that actually is a pretty legit, like, statement. If you're walking into a place or walking out of a place and someone's coming in or coming out, like, hold the door for them. Just be a better person, you know? And then um, number five is one I'm sure that a lot of our, our parents instilled into us is just say please and thank you. Just be, be kind. Say please and thank you to each other. It's like it's not it's not asking too much. I remember I was in. I think I was in Virginia. No, I was in Norfolk, not Norfolk, Newport, Rhode Island, and I was at a grocery store, and all the baskets had been left at the checkout lines. There was none at the door. And all I needed was a basket. I remember specifically all the all these people in line to check out. And I said, excuse me, do you mind if I squeeze in here and, and, and can I please grab one of those baskets? And the the lady was like, you're you're really nice. So I was like, because <laughs> I because I just said, please. Because I did the bare minimum like, of, of interacting yeah, with another human. Wow. Like, wow, that really blows me away. But yeah. So that's the first five. So that's the first five we will leave off on. And cool. I like those. And uh, yeah. And we'll get through a bunch of these. A lot of these, there's a lot more conversation that occur, could occur, but uh, yeah, pretty simple. So, anyway, love it. But yeah. So, Mister Seven, 
if people want to get a hold of you or enjoy your content, where might they check you out at? So S3BYN7, pretty much anywhere you can find great content. Uh, so Twitch, right? Twitch is a place to go find Twitter, obviously, or X. Um, it'll be hard for me not to go on Twitter, right? Uh, it's just habit. <laughs> but uh, yeah. Twitter or X on Facebook, right? I've got a, I got an account that doesn't get used. Um, but yeah, Instagram, got an account that doesn't get used, right? But definitely Twitch and, and Twitter. What about you, Mr. Happa? I'm, I'm pretty much the same way. If you look me up, H-A-P-A underscore F-O-D-D-E-R, pretty much Google that. You'll find every avenue that you can get a hold of me, Twitch, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, Discord, whatever. Um, I, the reason that it's important to me that I bring up how to get a hold of us every at the end of every episode is because we'd love to hear from you guys. If there's ideas for episodes, those are the places that you'd want to hit us up in or shoot us an email. Real talk with Happen 7. Uh, the only difference is the ampersand is spelled out A-N-D because ampersands can't work in email addresses apparently. <laughs> Um, shoot us an email with ideas and we will make sure that no audio again nah, why is it we doing push this? Through it. <laughs> yeah I'm sorry folks I don't know why there's no audio it, I did note that for some reason the audio was muted again I don't know why that was I'll have to take a look at that um, yeah, it'll, it'll play out on the audio only version for sure though we got those yeah I apologize for that you guys watch the stream but either way um, if the point of the thing was, if you need to get a hold of seven, take, take the or you get a hold of me, Hapa, they say, <laughs> "Oh my gosh!" Or get a get a hold of of real talk with Hapa and seven. Shoot us an email, message us here, uh, leave a comment on the YouTube video, or the case would be, we'd love to hear from you guys some good ideas for um, conversation topics and what have you. Yep, we're gonna um, do actually. Uh, you know, in particular, Hapa, one of the things we talked about, we're gonna do. We're going to do a podcast at some point about historical events and our thoughts on those events. So if you have ideas yeah. for those events, let us know. We are trying to compile a list of those particular events and sit down and do a couple hours about, you know, things that happen in history and, and uh, what we thought about those. And I think that could be a lot of fun. So that, that's one we're oh, actually requesting. Great. That we're definitely yeah. requesting some, some feedback from folks on. For sure. But either way, if there's nothing else and I can't screw up the audio anymore... Uh, I think that's it. That's it for me and Seven for this week's episode. Yep. That's it? Just yep? That's all you got? <laughs> yep. <laughs> anyway, every two weeks, folks. So, like, this Tuesday, we just did an episode. Not next, but the following Tuesday, we will try to do another episode. Um, we'll try to get the episode out on YouTube. And if not... Do look for us on any and all your apps out there. We're on, I think, just about every single one that I could yeah. think of. Yeah, we generally nowadays. post the audio I'm only adding the, them as we go the, the next day. So usually those come out on Wednesday or Thursday. Um, but you can get them anywhere and encourage you to download those, yep. listen to it on the drive to work. What better to listen to than the dulcet tones of Happa Fodder? <laughs> I don't. I don't have that voice. That's, that's not <laughs> dulcet tones are not how my voice is. Anyway, hope you all have a great night. You guys take care of each other. Bye, everybody. Later.